Euler and Motes are on the air. This is the Steelers Blitz on your 24-7 home of the black and gold. SNR, Steelers Nation Radio. What's going on, Steelers Nation Radio? 3 o'clock on a Friday afternoon. That can only mean one thing. It's time to go inside the electric factory for the next three hours here on your 24-7 home of the black and gold. Christopher Carter, Wesley Euler. You want to chime in anytime over the next 180 minutes, you can find us on Twitter at Carter Critiques, at Wesley Euler. Chris, what's happening, cousin? It's Friday, brother. That it is. That it is. And I am uh, excited for the long weekend. And then it'll... Man, it'll really, uh, it'll really start to feel like football time. I think it's gonna uh, ramp up real fast. On about Tuesday morning next week, when we're staring down a, a Thursday night game at Arrowhead Stadium, and we're staring down a Saturday full of college football, and a Sunday full of college football, and two Monday night football games on the 14th. It's gonna be a nice long weekend, and then I think, you know, I'm over here. I'm rubbing my hands like Birdman over here. <laughs> uh, I, 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 we're getting there, buddy. We, we are getting there. No, we are getting there. I mean, that's the thing is that we got this one last weekend without full-on college football. There's still going to be some ball played right. a little bit here right. and there, but but next weekend it starts. I'm excited. You know, I get to see Pitt play next next weekend. They uh, open know, with Austin P. Okay. Yeah, September 12, four o'clock at Heinz Field. Can't wait for that. Um, and then NFL football kicks off. Th- you know, Thursday night. You know, we got Deshaun Watson yep. versus Patrick Mahomes. Yep, that'll be fun. And then the start of the you know, the Steelers Monday Night Football. Oh. yeah. Yeah, so excited. Yeah, I can't wait. At first, I, you know, when it, when the schedule first came out, I was like, oh, really? Like Monday night? Because same, same. I, I looked at it like, come on. I, you I, know how I, this is. The weeknight games are they're just always more work. They're just longer days. They're more work. But then also, there's also something magical about Sunday at one o'clock. There is. I'm with you on that too. Other than the fact that we go home much earlier. <laughs> now, if I was a Steelers fan who was going to the games, mm-hmm. like I think I would want every kickoff to be like 4.30 on a Sunday. No, that would be perfect. You know yeah. what I mean? Give you time to tailgate, give you time but to enjoy stuff. I'm sure I would like the night games without a doubt. I'd probably even like the I'd probably even like the Monday and the Thursday night games because it's different. It's a different atmosphere. But yeah. Uh, as I am not attending Steelers games other than to work in a working capacity, uh, yes, yeah, I would sign up for, you know what, 15 out of 16 games every year Sunday at 1 o'clock, and then they could play one primetime game. All yeah, right, Chris, yeah. I'll totally allow one primetime game. One primetime game every day at 1 o'clock. I just, I, but I just, I just love the bustle. You go in the strip district. Like, mm-hmm. I, uh, that's one thing I do. Pamela's has got people falling uh, out the doors the in black Lucas, and gold. Like, yep. yeah, everyone's rushing around. Oh. And then, and then around the stadium, it's packed. And then you play the game. And then, and then the game's over at four. And then you have your whole evening ahead of you. Yep. Like, you get to sit down. You, you get to any of those establishments on the North Shore. Right. You could hang out food, and tailgate a little bit longer. Drink some good beers. You could tailgate longer. Go home and get ready for dinner. Right. Right. You know, like, I'm, I'm like me, like, in a perfect place for me, for me is Mike beer bar like oh yeah right there like i would love to just be able to just four o'clock check after the game ah, and just walk right over get whatever craft beer i want steak sure. on a stone all that great now stuff. that you got me thinking you know what i really miss too what you miss when you were in college right and you had the noon football game mm-hmm. and you're home at you know four four thirty whatever you get that little Saturday nap in, that little Saturday, oh, yeah, I know that little Saturday siesta mm-hmm. right before dinner. Yeah. Same thing on Sunday. I mean, you know, even a one o'clock game, you're home by five o'clock. You get a little, you know, a little forty-five minute, you know, rest your eyes in there before dinner time. Yeah. Oh, Chris. 
We're, we're talking kickoffs here. I mean, yeah, now, this is this is like full fledged. We are getting into football talk here. Yeah, if we're it, talking kickoff times. Yeah, it, it's crazy. I'm actually like thinking of matchups. Like I started actually talking about like players versus players things and not players versus corona and players versus planning it's legitimately time to actually look at how people are going to actually face each other right mm-hmm. now yeah no i am excited one of the guys uh that we're going to hear from here in the first hour uh terrell edmonds of the pittsburgh steelers entering his third season in the black and gold he thinks uh one of the things he said today chris is that there is no ceiling really is no ceiling for this defense uh is this the year that Edmonds really takes off? Uh, two years now, he's played more snaps than anybody. Um, he's had a lot of different running mates next to him. He's kind of been asked to do a lot of different things on the fly, but now he's got Minka Fitzpatrick, Steven Nelson, Joe Hayden, arguably the best secondary in the NFL. Uh, in the front, in front of those guys, Cam Hayward, Stephon Tewitt, Bud Dupree, TJ Watt, you got Devin Bush and Vince Williams in the middle of the field. Is this the year that the Steelers' defense takes off, obviously, in the bigger picture. But for Edmonds specifically, is maybe this the year that he really catches on, that he really takes off, that he really proves that that first-round draft pick price tag? I think it has to be for him. Like, if you're going to carve out your place in the Steelers' secondary for for the next big part of your career, you got to make a move because they already they already got a lot of a lot of hard decisions financially yeah. to make in the coming years. So if you're going to be part of them, you got to assert yourself this season. But I think it can be. Darrell Evans is a very smart player. I've talked to him a lot over the over the past couple seasons. Uh, he can illustrate a lot about the game. He's a student of the game. Um, he understands how, where his roles have to switch. Like he's very good at you know. There's like in his rookie season, there was a time where the Ravens intentionally motioned out Mark Andrews to to, to line up a split end so they can get him lined up like a receiver against Edmonds. Now Edmonds, I, I think he gets the most uncomfortable when he has to play deep. But when he's allowed to run with someone and run with them deep, he creates a real tight pocket. You have to fit that passing window in perfect um, because of because of how he runs with you, how how athletic he is, how big he is. I think he does that very well. I think. He gets a hard time from Steelers fans because he doesn't do the turnovers and he hasn't, you know, really, you know, caught on entirely yet. But he can be a real asset to this defense, and I, I do think this could be a big, a huge year for him, um, especially with the talent around him. He's going to be a guy that I think surprises some people. You know, he won't have a whole bunch of turnovers or anything like that, but you're not going to see him being. Uh, being as on as many highlights this year, I, I also think you know one of the key things is that you know, there's still the the I think there were like what two or three pass interference calls that were that were or non pat no calls that weren't pat called pass interference that were overturned to become pass interference based on that random challenge rule that was only introduced last year. Yep. And he was one of those three players, and people still to this day were like that was bogus. And it's yeah. funny that rule was created among other things, but after Joe Hayden had two bogus pass interference calls called against him. It's the Saints game last year. So the Steelers got the bad end of it before the rule and then the bad end of it after the rule. And Terrell Edmonds just kind of just like, man, but wrong, wrong place, wrong time. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that this could be a year to rewrite a lot of that. I dig it. And I think so too. I, You know, one thing that you touched on there was the turnovers. And I think that's the, you know, for the for the Edmonds detractors out there, Chris, yeah. I think that's what their sticking point, right? Uh, no interceptions last year. I think he had one the year before that, correct? Uh, yes. If, if he's going to be a safety, a first-round pick in the National Football League, he needs to create more turnovers. But you know what, Chris? I 
as long as the defense is creating turnovers, I mean, they had over 30 last season, over 50 sacks. Mm -hmm. As long as those numbers are still there, I don't care necessarily exactly where it's coming from. If Edmonds' job is to lock down that run game, you know what I mean? Like be an additional pseudo linebacker. Right. And we'll let we'll let Nelson, we'll let Hayden, we'll let Minka take care of the interceptions. That's okay with me. I just want Edmonds to have a clear defined role within the defense, something that I think he does now in year three more certainly than he has the past two years. Right, and that's the thing. Not not every player on this defense needs to be the turnover machine. The right. turnover machine can right. be T.J. Watt, Cam Hayward, Mika Fitzpatrick, Joe Hayden. Like those those guys can be where the, where where, the, where those plays are funneled to. But you know, like even on that 2008 Steelers defense, on the 2005 Steelers defense, you had players like Larry Foote, who they were very good at their job, but they weren't the turnover machines. I mean, there were. I mean, if you remember in the in the Broncos AFC Championship game, Larry Foote said, "I caught the." And I was like, I'm nervous. Why am I so nervous? Like, you're going to have guys that are like that on every team. Uh, and I'm not saying that that is Terrell Edmonds, but he doesn't need to produce turnovers. If he's covering his man, if he's taking people away regularly and he's helping in the run and and making it so it's that much harder for offenses to gain yards, and then on the third and nines, the third and twelves, they're taking riskier throws that give other people better shots, he's part of the system, and you need those guys in the system. That you do, my friend. That you do. On Twitter, at Wesley Euler, at Carter Critiques. Me chimes in with a tweet here. What up, me? Now that training camp is wrapping up, which Steeler should we believe the hype for and which Steeler should we pump the brakes on? Hmm. Believe the hype. One of my favorite Chase uh, pub- public enemy songs is Don't Believe the Hype, but in this case, Believe the Hype. Chase Claypool? I mean, I haven't seen him. I can't <laughs> say. I mean, I've heard a billion things that he is the man. Like, the quarterback praised him. The coaches have praised him. The defense has praised him. The other receivers have praised him. I I have to believe the hype based off of that. And I liked his college tape a lot. I just, man. I've got this for you. i got a compromise for you, okay? Chase Claypool and Anthony McFarland. I think one of them is going to have real tangible impact this season. I think the other one is going to kind of have a rookie red shirt type year, right? Not that, like, there'll be a disaster or anything. Mm-hmm. Just there's so many other options in both of those running back and wide receiver rooms that they're not going to get a ton of spin. Yeah, but... Uh, I just don't know which one is which. So for me, I'll say we need to believe the hype for one of those guys and pump the brakes on one of those guys. I just don't know which one's going to be which. Believe me, well, here's the other thing with that is that there are t- there are tons of formations where three and four wide receivers are on the field at the same time. That's true. There are no formations in the Steelers playbook where Correct. three and four running backs are on the field Correct. at the same time. So it's going to be hard for McFarland. They're not running the wing tee. No, they're not. Dang. Yeah, that's that's back in the 1940s. Son of a um, well, or in, in Mars High School until like 2011. This is true. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, high school and college—that's a whole other ball game. Pitt's going to have to go up against a triple option with Austin P. So yep, I mean, that's, that's kind of stuff still out there. But in the pros, you don't see that and. It's going to be harder for Anthony McFarlane to make his mark. I'm, but here's the thing. I'm saying believe the hype on Anthony McFarlane's explosiveness because oh, that's yeah. something I saw in college. That's something that I'm hearing is translating very well for him in camp. Uh, and, and Chase Claypool, um, you know, the the things that I continue to read about him beating Joe Hayden and beating Steven Nelson and beating this guy and beating that guy, that's, that's stuff that, I mean, like, those guys took down Odell Beckham Jr. They took down Jarvis Landry. They took the, they took down pros that are like pro bowlers that are leaders on other football teams. And this rookie who didn't have a rookie camp, didn't have a mini camp, didn't have preseason, is is giving you work. Mm-hmm. That says something. Yes, it does. And, and, and I believe uh, believe the hype on that. 
You know who maybe I think Steelers fans should pump the brakes on, not because I don't believe in the hype in this guy, but just it's going to take time. Yeah. Maybe Kevin Dotson is the right answer there. No, that's I agree with that assessment. Uh, I, I think he's a great draft pick. I think eventually he is going to be one of those guys that we've seen come through the Steelers organization who and they rise quickly. They don't, you know, uh, aside from maybe right like uh, like a Pouncey or a a DeCastro, right? One of the guys who they didn't use high draft capital on. They yep. they gave him a couple years to develop, and then all of a sudden he was like a Pro Bowl caliber guy every single year. I do think Kevin Dotson is going to be that, but coming from a smaller school. In again a, a off season where there was no off season programs, no rookie minicamp, no OTAs, no minicamp, and in an off season where he had an injury as well too, he's just going to need some time. I, I believe the hype for him long term, absolutely. But I think a lot of Steelers fans talk about Kevin Dotson, Chris. Like at some point he's going to replace. He's going to walk Matt into Filer, the, he's yeah. going to walk into the starting lineup this year. That's not happening. Pump the brakes on that unless hype. someone gets hurt, which you right. don't want to which happen. You, which you do not want to happen. Good question there, me. Uh, we'll continue to take your tweets again at Wesley Euler at Carter Critiques. On the other side here, we will hear from Mr. Edmonds himself. A reminder that our Steelers coverage is brought to you by PNC Bank. PNC Bank is the official bank of the Pittsburgh Steelers. Having some fun on a Friday. We'll also take song requests coming in and out of break since it is a Friday little Ooh. block party Friday. And you know what? Oh, Moats is missing it. What's up? This is our last song request Friday. Oh, wow. That's a Memorial Day to Labor Day tradition. Okay. Song request Friday. All right. And Labor Day is Monday. Well, La- Last time I checked the calendar. Well, get y'all's requests in because we want to hear some jams. <laughs> What do you want to hear? A little block party, a little summertime song coming uh, at a break. We'll also, obviously, you know, take your questions, comments, concerns, and reactions as well. We'll hear from Terrell Edmonds, Terrell Edmonds, on the other side. He is Chris Carter. I am Wesley Euler. We're ready to have some fun on a Friday as we wrap up our 2020 training camp coverage. Right here on your 24-7 home of the black and gold, Steelers Nation Radio. This is the Steelers Blitz with Wesley Euler and Arthur Motes on your 24-7 home of the black and gold, SNR. Wallace with the request on Twitter, a little danger zone. Oh, danger zone. That gets your blood going. That gets your heart beating on a Friday. Absolutely, Wes. Anytime you play some danger zone. I mean, just like that was my favorite parts of Archer was every time he's like, are we in a zone with danger? (laughs) It's kind of like a... Danger zone. Uh, I just, I, I just, I, that, that, that's a classic. Oh man, the Top Gun Two is supposed to be out by now. <sighs> Thanks, right. Wallace. Still, we still got top one. We still got the original. We still got the OG top. Oh yeah, we can watch that. Anytime. I actually just watched it uh, sometime over. I, I was gonna say like a month ago, but you know what, Chris? Like it could have been March, could have been April, could have been May, could have been last month. I don't know because remember again, we talked about this on Monday at the beginning of the week. Stop still feels playing, like April. Wes. I know you. You have it queued up on deck, and not just Top Gun. You have a specific spot saved where you can just keep rewatching the volleyball scene. I know you. <laughs> I know you, Wes. Talk to me, Goose. Um, <laughs> no, so. Uh, my my dear wife Morgan, she is a movie uh, snob, Chris, but she has never really been into the the action or the sci-fi movie genres, if that makes sense. Okay, really? Really? so hmm. so my wife, who fancies herself a movie snob, had actually up until you know again a couple months ago never seen Top Gun, so we had to finally you know we had to finally rectify that uh, mm. one of these weekends, and mm. so. So yeah, I, you know, I got all the goose you stud, 
Take me to bed or lose me forever. I got I got all the I got all the lines fresh fresh in the memory. We were inverted. You know, we gave him international signal for communication. Oh gosh, I, uh, one you know of the, the bird. My, uh, <laughs> I know what you're talking about, but my my girlfriend, we watched it years ago, and we used to play in a bocce league, and and our team name was Great Balls of Fire nice. for like four years after that. So nice. we took that with it. <laughs> I love it. I love it. And uh, what's the song they sing when they're at the bar? When they're, you never close your eyes anymore <laughs> when you kiss your lips. You're trying hard not to show it. Who sings that song? Baby. But baby, I know it. It's called You've Lost That Loving Feeling, I think. Let's see here. And now it's gone, gone, gone. Whoa, whoa. Listen, Wallace wanted to hear the Kenny Loggins. The Righteous Brothers. Let them sing it. Because <laughs> Wallace wanted wanted to hear Kenny Loggins play, <laughs> play this play in jam. He didn't ask for you to sing some song <laughs> from the, another song from Top Gun. Wallace, I'm very sorry that you got to put up with this guy. Maybe we uh, change the music theme here on the show today to just Top Gun music. For oh, us. No, <laughs> see, you can't go too far. I mean, the theme is pretty tight. You can play the, 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 the overall is. guitar. But and, like, take my breath away. Yeah. But you're right. After like three or four songs, we'd start running it, yeah, out pretty quickly. It's, it's like, no, nah, y'all don't have the soundtrack like that. <laughs> what is the greatest movie soundtrack of all time? Forrest Gump. <sighs> Guardians of the Galaxy. Mm, now, you're, now you're speaking my language. And see, I take out, when you have this conversation, you have to take out like, like Purple Rain can't be in the you discussion. Can't be purple, yeah, you it can't, can't be straight, movie. No it, straight it, out of it Compton. It can't be like originally scored, you know what I mean, soundtrack. Like, like yeah, John Williams kills it on Star Wars, but right. that's not what I'm talking about. Those are scores. That's different. You know, a movie a really soundtrack good one is too. a collection of songs. Correct. Correct. Uh, like Breakfast Club has a really good one too. Breakfast Club is good. Um, what you got for me? I could see you thinking over there. The Bodyguard. Okay, good one. With Whitney Houston. Um, I feel like there's a lot of like, um, like a lot so, of the '90s movies had great soundtracks. Waiting to Exhale. That's a that's Ooh. a movie because they had a lot of Shaka Khan up in mm-hmm. there. That had a lot of mm-hmm. lot of songs. But but again, like you know the the um uh movies like Straight Outta Compton, Eight Mile, like you you gotta right. exclude those right. movies yes. because yes. that's the whole point of them is that they are historical mu- music movies. Correct. Um, I think I'm going Guardians of the Galaxy though. Guardians of the Galaxy is classic. Like I played that on a couple road Animal trips. House has a really good soundtrack. Animal House we does did have it, a really good soundtrack. Uh, like two weeks ago, we did mm. an Animal House day on the show where we, you know, we played Louie Louie and we played uh, a bunch of Sam Cooke. You know, okay. oh yeah, 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 yeah. Um, yeah, some some good stuff there. But no, uh, let us know <laughs> favorite so, movie soundtrack. Some, something uh, from uh, from back in the day from our childhood, Shrek. Oh, great one! Yeah, That's a great call. Oh, Shrek some, has a great I'm soundtrack. I'm a believer. Somebody was totally great. Come on, man! Like that was oh man. All right, that'll be our side question of the day. What's your favorite movie soundtrack? Let us know on Twitter at Wes Euler at Carter Critiques. I uh, I want to get to this Edmonds audio here. Uh, one of the remaining starters, Chris, uh, that we have not heard from yet. Uh, this preseason, this training camp, whatever you want to call it. Well, that changed today. Here's what number thirty-four had to say before practice. Terrell, um, I noticed that you've you know missed some time during training camp, just wanted to know how difficult has it been to deal with this injury uh, during training camp, especially knowing that you haven't had, you know, OTAs and other teamwork during the off season and how close to 100% are you right now? Um, honestly, I feel good right now. I feel prepared. I feel ready. I'm just working every day, just trying to 
uh, do what's best for the team, not not rush anything and just take it day by day. But um, I definitely feel good. I definitely miss the OTAs and everything. We wish we would have had that just for the team chemistry from that standpoint. But, every, but other than that, everything's been good. All right, we'll go to Tim Benz. Tim, go ahead. Joe, I know there's been a lot of talk about Minka Fitzpatrick potentially moving around a little bit in the defense this year. Um, number one, how does that affect you moving as a result if that does happen? And uh, might they, with some intent, move you specifically around two to get your hand on the football more often? Uh, so far, everything's been about the same. We've been just um, working together, just trying to figure out what's best for the team, um, listening to what wherever the coach puts us and uh, just taking it taking it play by play because some plays we just try to mix and match, just go around and, and make move people around and get the quarterback off balance. But at the same time, we're not trying to switch up too much to mess up ourselves either. Let's move on to Ray Fittipaldo. Ray, go ahead. Hey, Terrell. Coach Austin was on with us earlier in camp, and he says he has to find a way for you to be more ball productive. How do you go about doing that, becoming a player that produces more turnovers for this defense? Honestly, um, it's just like an old saying, you just got to catch the ones that come to you. Uh, last year, I had a few opportunities. I, I missed those opportunities, but I feel very confident in myself that I'll um, grab those opportunities this year. Uh, I think it will be a different outcome and just catch the ones that come to me and then just take off from there. All right, Jeff Hathorn. Jeff, go ahead. Hey, Terrell, as a defense, what overall are you trying to get better at for this year? Um, we're chasing that little thing called perfection. Every day we're trying to be perfect out there, knowing that we'll never actually obtain it. But at the same time, we're going out there every day, just working hard, trying to um, not have as many mental mistakes, not have any busted coverages, um, really focus on running to the ball, um, game tackling, everyone just bringing that energy because you have to trust your brother out there on the field. And um, if one brother messes up, everyone else has to be right there behind him to pick up the slot. All right, just a reminder, use the raise your hand function if you want to ask a question. We'll go to Chris Adamski. Chris, go ahead. Hey, Terrell, what um, does having Steve and, and Joe as, as your starting corners, what's that do for a defense? How much faith do you have in those two to be kind of a, where they rank in the league in terms of being one of the better cornerback tandems? Now we have two lockdown corners. It makes our job very easy because at the end of the day, you know that you can count on them to lock somebody and shut somebody down at any time. So it's, it's putting less stress on the safeties. And at the same point, you just know the type of guys that they are. They're always going to be in the right position. That their, their communication is going to be on point. Everything's going to be perfect on the outside. All right, we'll move on to Hugh Ringer. Hugh, go ahead. Terrell, how special is it to play with Minka Fitzpatrick in the secondary, and how much better do you think the two of you will play now that you know each other's idiosyncrasies coming off a full year together? I'm actually excited. It's going to be pretty good because um, Minkin knows what he does well. I know what I do well, and we can actually really play off of each other, and we can help each other out. Our communication has been growing um, a whole lot. Um, definitely from last year, we um, grew throughout the season, and now coming on and having a full season together, I think it's going to be really special. All right, Jenna Harder. Jenna, go ahead. Terrell, just how high is the ceiling for this defense this year? Uh, man, it, there's really no ceiling. Um, we can do anything that we put our minds to um, because our, our front 
they're spectacular. Our linebackers spectacular. Our DBs are one of the best in the country. So it's just like we just got to go out there and be the best defense that we know that we are. We feel like we're the best. Um, I, I can pretty much put that statement out that we're the best defense out there. All right, we'll go to a follow-up. Brooke Breyer, go ahead. Hey, Terrell, I was watching the uh, the vlog you did of your latest song, the studio work that you did. Just curious, how long have you been writing your own stuff, and, and how did you come up with the lyrics? I think you shouted out some of your teammates. or Do they know about that? Is that something that, I don't know, going to be an anthem or anything for you guys this year, anything like that? Man, honestly, we were just in there having fun, having a good time, <laughs> just something to uh, – to do during this quarantine time just to get away and still be social distancing. But at the same time, just, yeah, shout it out my teammates, just having a good time, just showing them guys that, you know, I got you guys' back and you guys have my back, just having a good time with that. They, they heard the song, by, by the way, too. All right, we'll go back to Chris Sadamski. Chris, go ahead. Hey, Terrell, you were asked a little earlier about, you know, turnovers or making more, and, and I'm sure you would probably like to have more in your career so far, but, is it important to you to be, you know, more dispositionally sound and not make any mistakes, not let any big plays against you, if, especially if you have playmakers around you who are making – if the defense is still getting the turnovers, does it matter if you get them, I guess is what I'm saying, and you do everything you're supposed to do otherwise? Is, is that a goal of yours? I'm just really whatever helps the team win. Um, of course, I want to have the turnovers, but at the end of the day, as long as we're winning and hopefully we get this Super Bowl this year – that's the, the biggest goal on the whole team. I think anyone on the team can account for that, can say that. And, of course, everyone wants to make the play because we're all competitive. But at the same time, as long as we're winning, everything's going to go perfect. All right, got time for two more. Uh, Ray Fittipaldo. Ray, go ahead. Hey, Terrell, just to follow up about Mink, uh, uh, he came in last year and was really good, really productive right away. I'm just wondering what it was like for you, you know, to have to switch to a – a different guy being used to Sean and then, you know, getting used to, to Minka. What was that like for you? What kind of transition did you have to go through last season? I had two great guys. Um, uh, Minka, he came in and he, he was more of a post player and we saw exactly what he could do in the post. And like you said, the first game he came out and he made a bunch of splash plays. And then from there, it was like, okay, Mink, this is your spot. And let's go ahead and win some football games and everything started going in the right direction. So. I guess you can say because Sean and I, we're very similar. We both can rotate down, go back in the post. But at the same time, I, I feel like we're going to do good this year uh, with the position that we're at now. All right, last one. We'll go back to Jeff Hasselhorn. Jeff, go ahead. I just wondered your initial thoughts on facing the Giants and Saquon Barkley here in, in just over a week. Uh, everyone knows what Saquon can do. We know what Saquon can do. So we just have to put a lid on it, put a cap on it, and just – limit his big plays and try to <clears throat> excuse me, uh, make game tackles and everyone run to the ball because we know at the same time we can't let him get uh, get started because he has a high motor and we don't want to get him let him go ahead and get started. Steelers training camp media availability is presented by your neighborhood Ford store. The Ford F-150 is the official truck of the Pittsburgh Steelers. Edmund speaking there before practice today, Mr. Carter and uh, we talked a little bit about it. It feels like it's really his time. He's ready to shine. This defense that, that is ready to shine. He's got a good on his shoulders. I, uh, absolutely. I, uh, well, whatever his parents did is clearly working. Oh, I mean, <laughs> all three of the <laughs> brothers mean, are look, in the just NFL. Look at all the, oh, just look at all the boys. Um, so, yeah, they should be writing books. I mean, I forget who it was. 
uh, Danny Smith, I think, said a few weeks ago that mm-hmm. um, that TJ Watts pair that that, that the Watts yeah. should be writing books. The Edmonds should be writing books well, too. Let's get them. Actually, they should write a book together. together. I mean, and, then, and that's crazy go. that you and I can two publish. Two of each of those brothers <laughs> are on the Steelers roster. Think about that. Yeah. Trey Edmonds, Terrell Edmonds, Derek Watt, TJ Watt, and what's crazy is the best of those trios are in the other teams. <laughs> like you got Tremaine Edmonds, who's the superstar linebacker for the Bills, and JJ Watt, who's a three-time NFL MVP yep. or defensive MVP. Um, you know, I, I look at that and I'm just like, that's that's an insane story right there. There was actually a really good story on DKPittsburghSports.com by Tom Reed last week. He's got a great stuff up this week. Uh, he does a lot of long-form, in-depth writing, but he went to uh, Pecani, Wisconsin, to go talk to. Uh, the Watt family and the and the trainer they, they that's been working with them since since high school and just you see the upbringing you see like how the parents they saw great things for their children and they gave them every opportunity to to do it and those kids they took uh, as kids they took took every opportunity they worked extremely hard to be the best they can be and then you know when JJ broke out and then Derek and TJ this this is the third time in their career they've played together they played together in yeah, high school yeah. they played together in Wisconsin and now they're playing together as Steelers that's just that's that's such an amazing story on top of the Edmonds brothers it, it is you're right it's it's pretty cool and it's it's funny how there's kind of those connections to both of those with uh, mm-hmm. with the Steelers it's almost like you know when you look at uh, Devin Bush too, and you look at Cam Hayward too, and it's yeah. maybe maybe the Steelers are yeah. on to something with those uh, NFL family bloodlines. Huh? I mean, it's it's certainly something. And Tomlin said that before. He's like, when a, when a guy is comes up in an NFL home, they have a better understanding of what the expectation is because you know it's like like when I went to law school, my biggest adjustment was understanding the daily expectation. Like I was used to going class and just taking down crazy amounts of notes. And like a few of my friends had to pull me aside after like a, like the first couple months and be like, you are overworking yourself. And it wasn't until they showed me, this is how we outline a case. This is how we do this. This is how we do that. And when someone showed me that, I did so much less mm. work in the classroom and in, in, the, in the library where I was taking notes. And that allowed me to think about what I, what was actually happening in the case because huh. I just felt like there's so much information here. Sure. It's the same thing with the NFL, knowing what to show up for, what to prepare, how to prepare in the offseason, what to eat, how, what what all the serious life decisions impact your everyday yeah. availability and, and capability in the NFL. Those type of things, they're not easy. That's why the, that's why it's not easy to get into the NFL. And having a, a father or someone in your family that knows those expectations to raise you and to, to show you what those are growing up and then to, to kind of coach you through that as you're getting ready for the NFL, and then when you're in the NFL, it's a huge asset. Something that the uh, the Steelers have clearly identified as a uh, as an asset there, Mr. Carter. I think they would agree. He is Chris Carter. His last day with us this week, but for you now. got us for it. Well, for now, yeah, this week. Uh, you, you got <laughs> us for uh, you got us for three hours here today. Before again next week, uh, the Steelers blitz. We go back to regular programming here on SNR. So Tunch and Wolf in the mornings, Moats and I in the afternoons at noon. And then uh, Dale Lolly and Matt Williamson with the drive from four to six. So our last day, three to six here. Our last day with Mr. Carter, and our last day taking song requests. We're talking about movie soundtracks. And uh, Chris, it was like the floodgates opened here. I mean, we got one, two, three, four, five, six, seven different tweets. I can't count eight different tweets about favorite movie uh, soundtracks and song requests. We will uh, get to that because there's some some good points here made uh, on the other side as we close out the first hour. Keep those tweets coming in at Wesley Euler at Carter Critiques. Chris Carter, Wesley Euler. You're listening to Steelers Blitz on SNR. 
This is the Steelers Blitz with Wesley Euler and Arthur Motes on your 24-7 home of the black and gold, SNR. You know, Chris, we got a request for a little uh, Blink-182 on the Twitter.com here. I see. And uh, it was not this song that I went with. It was not all the small things that Jared requested. But, Jared, if you're still listening, um, I like the song that you requested more. But fortunately, there's some choice language early on in the song, all right? So I just wasn't trying to get flagged here. I wasn't trying to get in trouble on a Friday. Um, But you know what? Jared makes a great point here, uh, talking about the American Pie soundtrack. Like I mentioned, like those those Mm. 90s, like Mm. early 2000s movies. Uh, We got a bunch of tweets about soundtracks. You know, every once in a while, it's funny. Like, Motes and I will ask for something goofy on Twitter. You know, Mm. like, hey, what's your favorite movie soundtrack? Let us know. And it's 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 like we just you know the levee broke and we released yeah, we, we, we yeah. released the dam yeah. the water from the dam. Uh, people like chiming in on their favorite movie soundtracks apparently because we got a bunch of tweets here, Mister Carter. Uh, Steelers four eighty. Uh, any of the movies by Martin Scorsese? That's a good answer. Like Goodfellas has a really good yeah you know, it, like sixties yeah. and seventies classic. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, pulp. We got a Pulp Fiction here as well from Wallace. Pulp. We got a couple Pulp Fictions, I think, actually. Uh, Chuck as well, too. Pulp Fiction soundtrack, unbelievable. You mentioned Reservoir Dogs when we were in break, didn't you? Yeah. Reservoir Dogs, uh, another great uh, Tarantino soundtrack. Um, Jay Welling the fourth here says Rocky Four. Oh, there's like a play on words there with the fourth mm-hmm. and the Rocky Four. Uh, Tyler says Wayne's World soundtrack. It was the first CD I ever bought. Yeah. That's a really good one too. There's some great classics on there. I just realized there's a clear winner. Who's the clear winner? Well, at least it is for me. There's one that not a people a lot of people think about because it was a, it was a great movie. Came out in 2015. It's called Dope. Did you ever see Dope? I believe so. Now it's kind of a cheat. Because the whole movie is about... Is, uh, didn't Pharrell do the whole soundtrack? So, like, he helped put it together. But the sound, no, the soundtrack, because okay. the movie is an homage to the 90s. Okay, right. Like, it's, it's these high school kids that are nerds. Yes. But, and they're, they're growing up in the hood, and, and then they, they start selling, they start, they start selling uh, dope, but then they start selling bitcoins, and they, they're hustling, and, and, they're, and they're trying to do their thing. But part of it is that part of their nerdisms is that they have this, this strong affinity for the 90s. So... Here's here's some of that here's some of that soundtrack. Rebirth of Slick from Diggable Planets. Okay. The World is Yours by Nas. Great one. Rebel Without a Pause from Public Enemy. Scenario from Tribe Called Quest. Great which to one. Me, that's one of my favorites. You got the Humpty we'll Dance from Digital today. Underground. Um, great one. Hip Hop Hooray. I gotta write some of these down. We play that regularly here on the show. Home is Where the Hatred Is by Jill Scott Heron. And uh, it's my turn now from Ari Rowe. I mean, they're so. That that, that 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 soundtrack was so well dope for <laughs> look at what I did there. <laughs> I uh, I'm sticking with Guardians of the Galaxy is my no, no Guardians of the Galaxy is a great pick because it, it 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 the the, the reach that it had with that and I'm telling you like I've played it on road trips like it was it was a it was a, a movie designed with a soundtrack that was made for road trips because it was a road trip of a movie. You know what? I might have to bag the. Uh Outcast and the Rolling Stones at the top of our second and third hours just to give us more. Yeah, because I got so many tunes I want to play now. Yeah, same here. 
All right, well, I'm sorry, Miss Jackson, but uh, you're getting bumped, Outcast. But there's plenty of other Outcasts that you can that you could that you could play to. And, and, and Rolling Stones, you're gonna have to find some different shelter for this Friday. Ah, I see what you did. Because we're not giving you any shelter. Ah, puns, the songs. Yeah, yeah. How about that one? Uh, me chimes back in. Favorite movie soundtrack: Batman Forever, 1995, first summer that I got my driver's license. Hmm. I'd have to. I don't even remember. Yeah, what songs I was, were, I'd have to go back and look, but I'm sure you're probably right. I just remember. I just remember watching that movie and being like, "What? Like, like Tommy Lee Jones is Two Face? Huh? Jim Carrey, baby. Jim Carrey was the real. I mean, Jim Carrey was just—he's good at being crazy, but <laughs> he certainly is. Uh, a little peel back the curtain for you here. When I was a kid, I went as the Riddler for three straight Halloweens. That's bad. When I was like six, seven, eight, seven, I eight, mean, nine. You look like the Riddler. You I, are Edward Nygma. Dude, I, I've said this before. I don't know if I've ever told you this. I've told Moats this. The audience knows this. But there are, you know, I, I think you're probably along the same way here. There's not many people at the age that I'm at now. You know, I'm 29 years old. A few months here, I'll be 30. Um, I've been working in this sports business, you know, since 2013, like out of college on a, you know, on a professional level. I also have a father who's a musician. I, in my lifetime, have been fortunate enough through work, through my dad, to bump shoulders with some famous athletes, some famous people. Okay. It takes a lot to starstruck me. Starstrike me? Starstrike me. It takes a lot for me to get starstruck. Thank you for just Chris fixing Carter. that on your own because I was like, I'm not trying to see you on that one. Uh, because I just I know they're they're normal people. They're just like us. They don't want to be bothered. They just want to go about their right, lives, right, right? right? Like I mean, they they have bigger bank accounts than us, and they might live in nicer houses than us. Um, but yeah, I I I'm not a big starstruck kind of guy. Uh, but two people that if they walked into our studios here right now, I'd be like I'd, I'd, I'd be like the 12 year old me trying to talk to you know my crush, like wouldn't be able to get a word out. I hope you too. John Mayer and Jim Carrey. Interesting too there. Because those were the two for me growing up that like, those were the guy those those were my dudes the, my non athlete dudes growing up. I I, I understand that I I have a few I have a, I have a few that I would I would do that over um like if Jim Carrey walked into this studio right now I wouldn't I, I wouldn't be able to get out of my chair. Let, let me tell you uh if Denzel Washington ever walked in on That's like, like Jamie Fox once said in one of his speeches he's like the first time I saw Denzel. Uh, he said, "You know, black people when we we march when we're proud." And he said, "He said when I, when he walked in, I was like Denzel," <laughs> and he started walking. He said, "Denzel was like, who the hell are you? Like, calm <laughs> take down, it easy. like take it easy." There, and, and there's a really good interview that Jimmy Fox <laughs> did of Denzel where they talk about like you know their their appreciation for one another. Um, but D- Denzel has 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 some of those powers with me. Um, uh, I try to think of, of of people along those lines. Uh, there's an artist right now, Janelle Monae. She's a person who, if I saw on the street, like I just my heart would stop. I was like, oh my gosh, it's it's hard. Um, <laughs> she has some songs that really always hit hit really strong with me, like "Get a Woman" because that just reminded me of my grandmother and just um, a lot of stuff there. So um, I, I get what you're saying. There's a, there's a lot of people like that there that you know because like you said, we we both we work in this profession. Not really athletes in that in that regard anymore. You know what I mean? Just yeah, because athletes because it's different. Around we're we're around so it, often. but yeah. but like entertainers, famous speakers. You know, I met I met Cornell West when I was in college. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I, one person that I almost didn't know what to say. I got to meet Maya Angelou right before she passed. Wow! And she, we had a great conversation. There were a few times I was like, <laughs> um, but she you was were like the twelve-year-old trying to talk to your crush. Exactly. But and like this is this is Maya Angelou 
and still I rise by angel. Like like she's sitting here right before me. And then like she's she's talking about she's like, you know, I and she told me like she feels good that the future is is in, you know, I'm part of the future. Right. I was just like, oh my God, like did she just <laughs> tell me that? Um, you know, uh, you know, I've met yeah, you know, I met a, I met a few get people that have that that effect on you. Um, but yeah, I totally get what you mean. G. Rob says here, two of my absolute favorite Steelers media guys, Wesley Euler and Carter Critiques, keeping it locked down on a Friday. Woo! Forrest Gump for me, great movie, great great, sa- great great soundtrack. Reminds me of my parents. It's up there. Yes, yeah. fantastic. I mean, there are a it's one, lot it, of all time hits it, on it, that. It's one of the more iconic movies, yes. let alone movie soundtracks of all time. For sure. You know, it's another really good one that we haven't mentioned and nobody else has mentioned. I don't know what just made me think of this, but remember the Titans. Oh, what are we doing? What yes, we that, doing? That, that's the perfect era piece. <laughs> Uh, like, like for the six, maybe because it's perfect. the similar type of music yeah. to Forrest Gump. Maybe that's what made, me, made yeah. me think about it. Just iconic song after iconic song in that movie. I mean, just just every part. I mean, like, I, I still I still do the mighty mighty Titans. <laughs> like I still do that dance sometimes. Like 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 uh, like just yeah. What, what were we thinking? I mean, we're honest, football like, guys. Like James Taylor is iconic in his own right. Yes. But that movie took Fire and Rain to another level. Oh like, yeah. Everybody knows Fire and everybody Rain because it's the, the scene where Gary Bertier gets paralyzed. Mm-hmm, you know, like mm-hmm. yeah. That's I mean, but but people people you know started trying to listen to the Temptations again like yeah. when, yeah. when when uh, when Louis the, the white lineman that everyone's like you don't know no <laughs> black Elastic. stuff yeah he was like I know you want to leave me but I refuse to let you go if I had to beg plead for your sympathy I don't mind cause you mean that much to me ain't too proud to beg and you like you see all the black people like yeah he knows the Temptations like that whole. Oh man, that whole uh, that just yeah. What am I thinking? Remember the Titans? You're in the top ten. Like, get out of here. John <laughs> says, "Back to the Future soundtrack." Yes, that's another yes. Good, that's Back another to the Future. Because it also has the classics. range. Yeah, yeah. Some classics. I love it. I love it. All right. So keep the tweets about the movie soundtracks coming in. Uh, yeah, you could tweet us too about what famous people would you be starstruck if you met. All of that's on the table from hour number one. Uh, in hour number two, here we will hear from Mike Tomlin post practice today, and we will continue. Continue uh, our conversation, wrapping up our final day of training camp coverage right here on your 24-7, home of the black and gold, Steelers Nation Radio. I know you want to leave me, but I refuse to let you go. If I have to beg, plead for your sympathy, I don't mind, because you mean that much to me. You know, I had to do a lot of begging to get this guy, Chris Carter. You did not. Come hang out with us on SNR you for the did week. Not. <laughs> you called me and I was on my way. <laughs> because ain't no mountain high. Yes. Ain't no valley, valley low. low. Ain't, ain't no, no river, river wide enough, baby. Because if you need me, call me. No matter where you are, no matter how far. <laughs> Don't worry, baby. baby. Chris, we're having some fun here on this Friday. Everything on the board today. We're talking Steelers' last day of training camp. We've got good summertime music. We've got favorite, uh, favorite, pardon me, movie soundtracks. All of this on the board, as well as uh, famous people who would leave you starstruck. We'll take all your tweets at Wesley Euler, at Carter Critiques. Again, it is our last day here at 3 o'clock. It is our last day for now with Chris. I'm sure we'll uh, reacquaint at some point throughout this Absolutely. throughout this regular season. Um, but last uh, 3 to 6 show, Motsi back in next week. We go back to noon on game week. Uh, so today is, 
I guess I was going to say pseudo, but I guess it is the last day of our Steelers coverage. Not Steelers coverage. Wouldn't that be something? This is the last day of our Steelers coverage here on Steel SNR. We're just going to, uh, you know what, tomorrow we're going to rebrand yeah. into we're uh, music, we're soundtrack music radio. That's what we're going to do all the time. We're just going to talk about movie soundtracks 24-7. Last day of our Steelers training camp coverage here. So I guess this was the last time that our Steelers training camp media availabilities will be presented by your neighborhood Ford store. The Ford F-150 is the official truck of the Pittsburgh as we what was that there a little something happening with the sound there hold yeah, on Mr. Carter let uh, me see if we can get all fine all fine I thought I heard some 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 metal coming through right I know there. I, I apologize like, if I uh let's try this again here Okay, we're good. Okay. I apologize if I uh, just blew anybody's ears out there. Um, but Mike Tomlin speaking after practice today. Mm-hmm. Here is what the head coach had to say. Hey, really, it was kind of a wrap-up of what's been a productive training camp process for us. Did similar things today as we've done all week, focusing on a mock week, if you will. So today was situational ball, uh, areas of situational ball, red zone, short yardage, goal line, uh, possession downs, um, the rotational. Um, process of infusing special teams into the work was continued as well, uh, making sure that we got 11 on the field and got an understanding of the depth in some of those circumstances and situations. Um, it's been a good process from my perspective, uh, but you know, you measure processes based on performance, so I'll reserve um, judgment on this. Um, I don't know if I'm comfortable. Um, it's, it's kind of a new calendar. Um, but I find comfort in the fact that it's new for all of us globally in the game of football. So it's something that we all have to deal with, the not knowing, the lack of in-stadium opportunities to get a sense of your group versus others, et cetera. Um, that's just part of ball for us in 2020, and I embrace that. Um, I, I like the growth that I've seen from the guys individually and collectively, um, but it's far from over. It needs to continue uh, into next week and beyond. Uh, as we get started with this journey. Happy to address any questions you might have. Mark Caboli, you're up first. Go ahead. Uh, Mike, uh, your roster construction this year, is it going to be a little different because of the new rules of the 16 practice, the four protected, you know, the two you can call up, and also the lack of, I guess, outside film that people have on some of your guys? Is it, is it a lot different this year in your mind? Um, it, it is different for all of those reasons that you mentioned. And uh, there are things to dis- consider regarding those things and discussions to be had. And, um, but we're, we've been in that process and in that mindset and in that acknowledgement for some time now. Joe Rudder. Joe, go ahead. To that end, Mike, do you feel like you've gotten done what you've wanted to do and as far as evaluating the guys that are competing for roster spots? You know, I, I, I feel like I have enough information to make decisions, um, and, and that's a good thing because it's time to make decisions. And so um, we'll push forward. Uh, I thought that we made good use of the time and good use of the structure of the time that was provided in terms of the work allotted. Aditi, you're up next. Go ahead. Hey, Coach Tomlin, when you end training camp, which was obviously so different than any previous training camp, now you look to the rest of the season. In what ways – Will regular season preparation be different? You know, I don't know. I don't know the answer to that. Uh, I know that I'm prepared to give this group whatever it needs to to perform week in and week out and to get better as we proceed. And so we have a plan in terms of what 
uh, our approach to business, but we better be light on our feet and be willing to adjust uh, as, a, as necessary adjustments are revealed to us. Chris Adamski, go ahead. I feel like it's been a long time since you've been able to enter a season with returning guys, veteran guys, a division of cornerback, the two outside guys you have there, um, and Joe and Steve. Um, what does it feel like to be able to check that box and know you got that taken care of with veterans that know what they're doing and have a proven track record? You know, they're, qual they're a quality veteran tandem. Um, and, and not only that, not, you know, resting on their resumes, they've had good training camp processes, both guys. Both guys came in in, in great condition. Both guys have performed at a, at a consistent high level through this process and you know, where I find my comfort, not necessarily in what's been done in the past or their presence, things that they've done um, begun this process. Aditi, did you have a follow-up? I'm good, Bert. I'm sorry. Okay. Next up, Jenna Horner. Jenna, go ahead. Hey, Coach. You kind of just talk about, you know, the ability to adjust and adapt kind of continually on a daily basis. How have you seen that from your guys? How have you kind of seen that reflect in them throughout this whole process here? You know, I think, I think players adjust better than coaches, to be quite honest with you. Um, I think they're more, they're more open to routine. It doesn't uh, ruin their day. Um, I, I think that's more of a challenge for us as coaches, to be quite honest with you, than it is for players. Players are, are more loose and, and willing to roll with the punches, my, my experience has, has shown me. Dale Lawley. Dale, go ahead. Mike, I know you said earlier in camp that uh, you may not, you may wait to, to name a starter at right tackle. Um, you gotta have, you're gonna have to come up with a, a depth chart on Monday. Uh, any clues on uh, who that right tackle might be? Yeah, you may see or uh, on that depth chart on Monday, meaning O R. Ray Fittipaldo, Ray, go ahead. Mike, how is uh, David DeCastro's health heading in the game week, and do you anticipate him being available for the opener against the Giants? You know, he, he wasn't good enough to go today. Hopefully he'll be good enough to go the first of next week. We do have a bonus day on Monday. I don't know uh, if I want to expose him to that. Hopefully we'll see what it looks like as we get into the normal rhythm of our preparation week. Aditi, back to you. Go ahead. Coach Tomlin, when you look at the numbers thus far of positive COVID tests, the league has really done a tremendous job. Do you feel that that's a good start, that you can count on your players as you go into the season, or is there any anxiety about sending them off and life outside of training camp being different? Well, I can't speak for the, for the numbers regarding the NFL. I'm just not privy to that. I've, I've just really focused on our group and, and – and, it appears that we have that under control, but testing is, is a part of our daily life now. Even as we leave this training camp process, we'll be in continual daily testing and, and remain on guard and respectful of the protocols that allow us to, to say that we're, we have good reports. So that's my mentality. I'm concerned and, and have a certain element of control regarding this group, and I'm not worried about things outside of this group. Alan Saunders, go ahead. Mike, going back to right tackle, when you do name a starter there, do you feel there's some uh, level of, of, I guess, of a chance that that guy needs, uh, whether it's a series, a game or two, or, or could you 
see something you don't like in the first couple series against the Giants and make a change? You know, I think, I think it's been a challenging decision for us because both guys are capable. Um, both guys have been consistently above the line in their performance. And so those are good problems to have. I don't know that I necessarily view it as a negative thing where whoever gets named starter could have a short leash, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. I think we've seen two guys that are capable NFL starters at that position battling it out. And, you know, that's why we're not in a hurry to make a decision from my perspective. Final question, Brooke Breyer. Brooke, go ahead. More on the right tackle. Uh, with Zach Banner specifically, in what ways have you kind of seen him mature through this training camp? It seems like he's really made an effort to shut out social media, shut off all the off-field stuff, and really focus on his craft this camp. You know, I just think that's what professionals do. Um, you know, I know that's what I encouraged him to do, and he was in agreement with that. So I don't know if that's a maturation process. That's just getting singularly focused on on appropriate professional business, and he's displayed that. Steelers head coach Mike Tomlin after practice this morning, a, a morning practice for the Steelers earlier today. Steelers training camp media availabilities. All the audio we play you here on SNR presented by your neighborhood Ford store. The Ford F-150 is the official truck of the Pittsburgh Steelers. Going to take our first break of the 4 o'clock hour here, but we'll have more on the other side. Chris Carter, Wesley Euler, you're listening to Steelers Blitz on SNR. This is the Steelers Blitz with Wesley Euler and Arthur Motes on your 24-7 home of the black and gold, SNR. Twisting the week away with Christopher Carter here on the Steelers Blitz. Yeah, a little Animal House soundtrack there, a little Sam Cooke. Classic. I love Sam Cooke. There are Carter artists that I don't want to say that I like disliked when I was growing up, but I just wasn't really into their music, their sound when I was growing up. That, uh-huh. you know, when I got into my mid to late 20s here and my palette for music kind of expanded or slowed down in some ways mm-hmm. too, right? Mm hmm. Man, Sam Cooke is one of those guys who really grew on me. Like, like I feel like him, like Bob Dylan. Like, when I was growing up, I just – I didn't care how good your lyrics were. You know what I mean? I right. just – I, I didn't right. care. Like, I just wanted something I could nod my head to or something that got me fired up. But, man, that's changed a lot over the last few years. Sam Cooke is dynamite, dude. Dynamite. So many good songs. So many good songs. A reminder that our Steelers coverage is brought to you by PNC Bank. PNC Bank is the official bank – of the Pittsburgh Steelers. I got a question for you, Chris. I was born by the river in a little tent. <laughs> if that was the question. That was not the question. Okay. Although now you got me thinking of how we could combine a Sam Cooke and a Chris Farley down by the river crossover. Mm. That'd be interesting. There's something there. There's something there. Uh, who is, you know, we've talked a lot about depth on this defense. You and I spent some time earlier in the week, specifically at the safety position. We talked about Vince Williams and Devin Bush as well. But on the edge... Who's the backup for T.J. Watt? Who is the backup for Bud Dupree? When those guys need a breather, or if, God forbid, one of those guys miss some time, uh, 
Is it the guy who's been like the camp phenom, the training camp phenom the last two years, Ola Adani? Is it the guy that the Steelers fan base clamored when they got rid of him and then celebrated when he came back and Tuzar Skipper? Is it the new guy, third-round draft pick, and Alex Highsmith? Who do you think emerges as that, uh, that edge backup, that, that first guy off the bench, if you will? It's that last guy you just named, Alex Highsmith. Yeah. It's absolutely him. Um, everything that I've read, everything that I've heard, everything that Dale's told me, Alex Highsmith is shining in camp. In fact, Dale just published his 53-man roster projections, mm-hmm. and he said that, that Alex Alex Highsmith would be uh, the top backup, and they're saying that he might even be the guy who backs up both spots. So mm-hmm. if Watt or Dupree need a breather, he'll be the person that comes in on either side. Adini's still going to be there because he's good on special teams, or at least he can contribute there a little bit more. He's been around the team enough, and they can they know he could throw him in there. But Highsmith looks like he could be a keeper from what I hear. Um, if you go and look at uh, – if you put any stock in PFF grades, which sometimes I do, sometimes yes I don't. No. Right. Um, they graded single-game pass rush performances from el- uh, edge rushers that were draft eligible last year. The first best performance was Chase Young in week five. The second best performance was Chase Young in week four. <laughs> the third best performance was Alex Highsmith. Wow, he had he had the third best performance. Um, there were there was there were several high rankings. He he was uh, there was another uh, PFF grade where they had him ranked the, as the fifth overall edge rusher in the draft. Um, he finished he finished with the second most sacks last uh, uh, I think last year, or at least he was he was among that that last year. Um, yeah, because he had uh, at least in December he had 14 sacks, which at one point was at least the the second most in in the country, right behind Chase Young. Um, he 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 put himself in a serious conversation. The thing is that he he played for Charlotte, right? Um, so that's not going to get you a lot of shine. But in the one game that he played against Clemson, uh, Dabo Sweeney was like, "Oh, uh, we 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 knew we had we we knew mid game we had to change it up on him because I think he had a couple sacks in that game and a couple tackles for loss. But he was like the one weapon that Charlotte had to to even just swat at Clemson because Clemson of course destroyed them." But he was giving them problems. So Highsmith is going to be a keeper. I think he's going to be that that, that third guy off the edge. Um, and depending on well he plays this year and how quickly that transition happens, he may force himself into a situation where Steelers fans are like, you know, maybe he's part of the future, huh. and, and maybe people don't well, feel, that as, would, feel as bad if but if I Bud was just going to say that would make the potential the 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 inevitable or the looming Bud Dupree exit yeah. uh, a little bit easier to stomach. Certainly, if Alex Highsmith. And it's unfortunate because some chops this year. Uh, like I said before, I have a whole lot of admiration for Bud Dupree, yeah. not just in how he plays, but how he carries himself. I think he's a heck of a professional, a heck of a person, a heck of a player, um, and a great athlete with how explosive he is. I, I think him and Watt, if they could be together for the next five years, cool. would be, you know, maybe the most dynamic edge rushing duo in the NFL. Uh, and maybe they'll even be that this year. Uh, but Alex Highsmith is a young guy who I think is going to deserve a chance and may even may, may take advantage of it early. Some breaking-ish news here, Mr. Carter. Uh, Brooke Pryor just tweeted two minutes ago. Brooke Pryor, of course, ESPN.com, the Steelers uh, reporter for ESPN. The Steelers have released Tuzar Skipper, per source. So yeah. there we go. So we know that that's Well, the that was a quick conversation. <laughs> yeah, I mean, Skipper, unfortunately, and what Dale told me was that Skipper was not – really doing well on special teams and that's one way how you find yourself not on a roster when you're not a high draft pick or you're not a veteran that's stuck to a specific uh, excuse me specific position 
and uh, Tazar Skipper, he didn't really shine on special teams supposedly. So I guess that that's a big part of that because when you're when you're on that lower depth chart, when you're that third or fourth option in a position, you need to contribute somewhere on special yeah. teams because if you because when you when you do that, you're saving them another roster spot. Hundred uh, percent. David tweets here. Can't find any numbers, but if it could work with how much cap space the Steelers have, he'd be a definite upgrade. <sighs> any interest in safety? Haha, ha, Clinton Dix. Is this where I cue up the Jaws music again? The, uh, we could. Oh no! We could. Oh no! There's the Steelers fans—they're coming for us. There's another big name out on the market. I mean. I... If you had asked me... There's a reason why the Cowboys just cut him. Right. Like, there's a reason why... If you had asked me this a month ago... There's a reason why the Packers gave him up for a fourth-round pick. Right. There's a reason the Bears didn't keep him around. I mean, there's so many different things. Mm-hmm. I mean, just... Again, you got a, you got a room. You don't want, you don't need to shake that up. You know, they've... And in, in their safety room right now, you got Mink and Terrell as obvious starters. I've heard good things about Curtis Riley and him filling in. Jordan Dangerfield knows your system. And then you got the rookie Antoine Brooks. Who are you kicking out of the safety room right now? <sighs> and, and and you could say Jordan Dangerfield, but do you want a guy who's bounced around from team to team to team and obviously there's something going on there? I mean, the Cowboys didn't keep him around. And the Cowboys were an organization that have kept around questionable people. Yeah, and exactly. And they're desperate, too, for some secondary help right now, especially. especially. Yeah. I don't know how I feel about that one. I don't know how I feel about that one, Mr. Carter. Keep those tweets rolling in. At Wesley Euler, at Carter Critiques. It's our last day here with Chris Carter. To uh, anybody who's missed it throughout the week, let's do a little reset here real quick. Uh, Chris Carter, he's been with us all week, 3-6 to six here on Steelers Nation Radio. Give him a follow on Twitter, at Carter Critiques. You can read his work, DK Pittsburgh Sports. Uh, listen to his podcast, the Locked On Steelers podcast, daily Steelers podcast. If you... Uh, if you're somebody who considers yourself a Steelers junkie, right, and you're not listening to the uh, the Locked On Steelers daily podcast here, I mean, what are you doing with yourself? Uh, so that is where uh, you find Chris Carter's work. You can hear him here on SNR from time to time as well, too. Um, so it seems like J. Roan Elliott now uh, – has an inside track to make the roster with with Tuzar Skipper reportedly on the maybe on the maybe exit. not because remember I mean maybe and Elliot might find himself remember huh. they get two more players that are available this year for games so Elliot might be a guy that that they get that gets promoted in that spot but uh, you know as far as edge rushers go they might keep four edge rushers and might load up on another position because. Again, it's about who contributes on special teams. And and Jordan Dangerfield is a guy who can contribute on a few different spots. Antoine Brooks is, is going to help with that. Um, you know, I'm sure Curtis Riley might, might, get, might get some looks there. Uh, you know, it's going to be interesting to see who gets what you know who who's been helping out Danny Smith the most in the in those parts of practice, which we can't see this year because that was you know part of the practice they were absolutely protecting. <laughs> right. They didn't want teams to see those type of things, and that's that's smart on their part. They're supposed to do that. Yeah. Yeah, I think particularly now, right, when everyone is uh, everyone's scrambling, if you will, um, to kind of uh, to kind of get up to speed as quick as possible. Yeah, I think you want to keep all that uh, all that information maybe as uh, as close to the chest as possible, if you will. Here, I uh, I did want to take a chance too here, Chris. We've got just a uh, a few minutes left in this segment. I feel like now will be a good time to uh, to work this in here. I uh, did want to take a uh, take a moment. Uh, you know what? Actually, we'll do it after the break. Let's do it after the break here. We've got plenty more to bring you. I don't want to rush anything today on the last day 
of our training camp coverage. So let's take our time, all right? Let's not squeeze anybody in. Let's not pigeonhole anybody in. We'll give everybody their fair due. Uh, we're still going to hear from Zach Banner, who spoke ahead of uh, of Steelers training camp practice today, or Steelers practice today, I guess, is the training camp portion for the team is technically over. So we've got Zach Banner to bring to you here in the next 90 minutes before we get out of here. Also heard from Jalen Samuels as well. And it is a Friday, so we will have a little uh, get that paper uh, before we uh, before we say our tearful goodbyes at 6 o'clock before the long weekend as well. Our Steelers coverage is brought to you by PNC Bank. PNC Bank is the official bank of the Pittsburgh Steelers. He's Chris Carter. I'm Wesley Euler. You are listening to the Steelers Blitz on your 24-7 home of the black and gold. Steelers Nation Radio. This is the Steelers Blitz with Wesley Euler and Arthur Motes on your 24-7 home of the black and gold, SNR. Steelers training camp media availabilities are presented by your neighborhood Ford store. The Ford F-150 is the official truck of the Pittsburgh Steelers. Christopher Carter, Wesley Euler with you here. Oh, I almost mispronounced my own last name. Jeez, ah. Euler, get it together. Uh, our penultimate... Uh, hour here on the program before we go into our final hour of training camp coverage here on SNR. Remember, there is no training camp report tonight. No Pursuit Lolly and Williamson after us. So we're caboosing here, Chris. We're taking home the SNR training camp coverage. No pressure. Uh, I, there is no pressure. I got ice in my veins. I am cool as a cucumber. That you are. Like I'm just ready to go, man. Like I'm ready to I'm ready to do this. Put me put me in the game, coach. You are a cool customer. Uh, another guy who's hoping he gets plenty of game time. You like what I did there this season? That is Jalen Samuels, uh, Steelers running back now entering his third season. Yes, right. Yes, okay, I had to think about that for yeah third season out of NC State. Came to the Steelers as a fifth round draft pick. Uh, a lot of talent. A lot of different skill sets in that running back room. Jalen Samuels may be uniquely his own skill set, even more so compared to all those guys. Here is what he had to say today after practice. Hey, Jalen, I know you've worked with uh, Matt Canada in the past. Just curious what it's been like. I know he's not your direct position coach here, but what's it been like to have him kind of back around and, and helping you guys out? Well, it's been fun, you know, just having him back around. Uh, it's been a little minute since uh, we worked together. Uh, I was with him, like, my first two years in college. But just to have him around, have his knowledge uh, spread around our offense and team, uh, it's been real good. So glad to be back around him. Uh, let's go to Chris Sadamski. Chris, go ahead. Hey, Jalen, as the season here, it's camps one down. What do you see as your role? What have they told you your role will be this year? And is it any different than maybe it was the, the last year, the last couple of years? Uh, they asked him for the, pretty much the same thing. Uh, you know, involving me a lot in the passing game, but also trying to, you know, get him as well when they can. But um, majority of the passing game, you know, on passing downs, third downs, uh, situations like that, situational football. So, uh, you know, just coming to work every day and uh, just trying to embrace my role. So. All right, let's go. Uh, Chris, we'll stick with you. Go ahead. Is it important to you to, to um, show, you know, more to, 
you've always been, uh, you know the passing game guy because of your background and everything what you did in college is it is it have you gotten past do you still want to show you can be a running back the traditional running back or do you like being this kind of hybrid uh type of role that you're doing these other I like being hybrid, but I also, you know, that's that's what I did all offseason, you know, just to work on, you know, steady working on my running back skills, you know, the vision uh, as a ball carrier. So, uh, you know, I still got room for improvement on that area and, you know, room for improvement on my passing game area. So uh, just got to keep working, keep going with them door. All right, we'll move on to Mark Caboli. Mark, go ahead. Hey, Jalen, that backfield of yours looks like it's pretty jammed up there. It, has it been difficult trying to – just find reps and be productive in those reps during camp? Oh, uh, yeah. I mean, we got a lot of guys, uh, a room full of great players who all got, you know, potential and who all had experience. So, uh, you know, Coach Falk does a great job, you know, with getting everybody reps uh, throughout practice. So, you know, whenever my rep is called, you know, I just try to go out there and make the best out of it. All right. Let's move on to Joe Rudder. Joe, go ahead. Hey, Jalen. <clears throat> You missed some time early in camp being on the reserve list. Did that put you back at all? And uh, do you feel like you're able to get done what you wanted to get done this camp? Uh, yeah, with me being out for a couple of days, uh, it kind of did put me back a little bit, you know, with the football standpoint. But, you know, conditioning-wise, I try to stay up on it uh, while I was at home, just doing a little bit of stuff. You know, so when I come back, I can, you know, act like I never missed a beat. So uh, when I got back, I felt good. My body felt good. I felt in shape still. And, uh, you know, I just tried to, you know, hop right back on the bandwagon. All right, Jenna Harder, go ahead, Jenna. Jalen, now that this camp, this bizarre training camp is over, how strange was it for you guys? Or I guess, was it that much more strange than you guys kind of guessed it was going to be coming in? Yeah, it was, you know, not being at St. Vincent, um, you know, having fans and stuff, you know, come to every practice, you know, signing autographs and all that stuff that comes with it. But uh, you know, it gave it gave us, you know, the ability, you know, just to focus on us and, you know, go out there every day and practice hard. So, I mean, it was a little bit different, but I think, you know, as a team, we did pretty good and adjusted to it as well. So. Uh, Mark Caboli, we'll go back to you. Uh, Jalen, back to the COVID uh, issue earlier. Were you just tested positive or did you have any symptoms? Yeah, I tested positive. So, no symptoms? No symptoms at all, yeah. Thank you. We'll go to Teresa Varley. Teresa, go ahead. Hey, Jalen. After a long training camp and not playing any preseason games, how excited are you for next Monday to finally, you know, play a game, uh, you know, against another team, see another team out there? Oh, it's gonna be fun. Uh, you know, it's been it's been a long, crazy year, 2020. But uh, you know, just to get back on that field and you know have football back is definitely gonna be exciting. It's just gonna be a little bit awkward, you know, without fans, but. Uh, we get to play for each other, and uh, I'm, I'm really excited. All right, we'll uh, got time for one more. We'll go back to Jenna Harder. Jenna, go ahead. You mentioned not playing without fans. I don't know if you guys have heard anything, but the, there were reports yesterday that the NFL is going to, you know, play crowd noise specific to the stadiums. Is that kind of, you know, strange at all for you, or is that going to be something you guys kind of notice, or you know, not really in that sense? Yeah, it'd be kind of strange, you know, you know, without fans and just having the music and it's a game, you know, game like experience. But uh, I mean, I'm kind of used to it. We all kind of used to it. We've been getting that crowd noise, you know, every year since I've been here, you know, in practice, you know, just depending on who's going to a loud environment or whatnot. So uh, it's definitely going to be weird. But, uh, 
you know, we still got to get the job done. We got to go out there and handle business uh, we want. So. All right, here we go. Jalen Samuels talking, uh, expanding his role uh, with the Pittsburgh media this morning. Pardon me, this afternoon after practice, a, a morning practice for the Steelers this morning, switching things up a little bit. You know, you got to be ready to perform any time of the day, morning, afternoon, evening. Christopher Carter, Euler with you here on SNR. Chris, uh, we're approaching 53-man roster deadline day. When we get that final roster, how many running backs are on it? Including Derek Watt, or, or are you talking about halfbacks, like tailbacks? Halfbacks, okay. yes, yes. I say four. I say, obviously, the top three are Connor, McFarland. But I think Jalen Samuels, from what I've heard, Ooh. is going to fight his way onto this roster. I, I've, I've been thinking that Jalen Samuels was, was, in, was in a rough spot because uh, you look at players like Wendell Smallwood, players like Kareth White. Sure. Um, guys who could come in and maybe be able to be a little bit faster, maybe be maybe be maybe had more experience as a third third down back. But from what I've heard, Jalen Samuels is doing much better on special teams, which mm. again big, that gives you an component. edge in that fight. Yeah. I think that's I think that's the right number. Um any five with what? Sorry, that's because I just I right, realized it's right, right, four. Right. So yeah. Any practice squad considerations there as well? Um, yeah, sure. I think Kareth White could could fight yeah. for that. Um, you know, I think they're, they're they're certainly going to they're certainly going to bring those guys bring those guys back because they they got to be prepared for if someone goes down they can plug someone in. Kareth White did that well last year. He also a little bit on special teams. Yeah. So um, I think White will. And that I heard Smallwood didn't exactly impress right away. This would be his big chance to do so right. after coming right. off. I also think Derek Watt's going to get a lot more usage than Rosie because hmm. um, Watt, not that Rosie couldn't catch, but Watt has the natural skills of catching. He looks more more like a natural catching, running, turning, and making plays out, out, out there in that way. Rosie was more of a meet you in the hole and it's going down yes. type of guy. Yes. And Watt can do that too. He can block. So, like, you know, he's, but, but, you know, he's got, I think he's got a more spread around talents and that's going to allow them to line him up in different situations, which could allow them to get better matchups for other players hmm. and matchups for him. Like, I mean, he gets lined up with a smaller guy and that gives him an advantage to get physical. Physical. I mean, come on. Steelers football, baby. Wes, I like you, but not like that. Well, I mean, you know, we all like it when the Steelers get physical. <laughs> How about that? <laughs> Steelers 480 uh, on Twitter here. He's loving the music theme today. I am. Wants to know what our favorite wake-up song in the morning is. He says, mine is A Lovely Day by Bill Withers. Carter, favorite wake up morning time songs. I've got two. You lead with your two. I got to think about mine. Sunday morning coming down by Johnny Cash. Mm-hmm. And good morning by Kanye West. Okay. I like Sunday morning from Earth, Wind, and Fire. Ooh. Um, that's a that, that's that's a there's good. There's some about songs about Sunday morning. Earth, Wind, and Fire. Johnny Cash. Maroon Five. There's a lot of songs about Sunday mornings. Yeah. Um, I guess all gospel songs. Sunday. Yeah, yeah look the, at me. The, the gospel songs are, are are definitely in that. Th- think of 
another good like wake up song that gets you going for the for the day. Um, I, I like Kid Cudi's Up Up. Oh, that's a good one. Um, you know, because it's about him getting up in the morning when and the sun comes up. That's he, the first first line of the song. He says, I'll be up in the morning. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, and he talked about you know a few other things he's doing there, but uh, but no, like, like that's it's also about you know him spreading his wings in his life and getting out there. Which is what you feel in the morning. You're trying to get get uh, get everything going there. Um, and, but sometimes you just need like a, a perfect. Uh, a peaceful sound like it doesn't, it doesn't have to be like super exciting <laughs> yeah one song that sometimes i listen to to get me up and get focused and just get i love it that's i, I mean that's that is one of my favorite pieces and first of all george benson is one of my favorite artists people people don't give him enough credit to shed Hill dish. Uh, but yeah, with 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 breezing, that'll get me like focused in the morning, kind of like whatever whatever things I'm waking up in the morning, I can just kind of look out of the sky. Even if it's raining, I'm just like, you know what? Today's gonna be a peaceful day as long as I'm as long as I keep it that way. Even with all the all the things around me that might be stressing me out, mm-hmm. I can focus right there. Amen to that, partner. Amen to that. Two hours in the books. Another hour to go. Our final hour of Steelers training camp coverage here on SNR. So keep those tweets rolling in at Wesley Euler, at Carter Critiques. In the final hour of the show, we'll hear from Zach. We'll also have a little show me to send us into the holiday. And gold. Steelers Nation Radio. This is the Steelers Blitz with Wesley Euler and Arthur Motes on your 24-7 home of the black and gold, SNR. Now this is how, I mean, this is how you send yourself into a Friday, baby. Little George Benson, Pittsburgh's own breezing. Through the day here on SNR, Chris Carter, Euler, our final hour of training camp coverage here on Steelers Nation Radio. Next week, we're back to normal programming. That means you got Tunch and Wolf in the morning. Oh, sorry, Chris is putting his, he wants to hear the, okay, listen, I'll get the jam cranking back up for you. We good there? Are you breezing? It gave me that look like, don't you cut the music. Keep keep the music going while while you're doing your whole spiel here. So, uh, so week right you still got Tunch and wolf in the mornings boats and i back at noon in the afternoon and then dale and matt have you uh drive time four to six so this is our final hour of steelers training camp coverage no training camp report up next a uh, an early an early exodus into the holiday weekend if you will for uh, williamson lolly and pursuit so chris and i for the next hour that'll be it for the weekend and then our coverage gets back to uh to regularly scheduled programming next week on SNR as it is game week. One of the big things I'm sure we'll be discussing next week leading up to game week is who's starting at right tackle. One of the candidates, Zach Banner, he spoke to the Pittsburgh media uh, for the first time, well, in a a training camp capacity. He's done some radio shows. He's been on with our buddy Adam Crowley this offseason. But Zach Banner, uh, not only a guy who 
uh, has a chance to be a mainstay on the Steelers' offensive line. Uh, he's a guy who's got a real chance to have his voice be a mainstay in Pittsburgh for a long time. Never a shy one, Zach Banner, to talk football, to talk things going on in the world. And, uh, and he did that with a, with a nice, honest interview this morning with the Pittsburgh media. Good boy, how are you? Pretty good, pretty good. Um, I guess my question is, can you just explain what it's like to weeks camp, knowing that you're battling for a position? Do you look at what he does? I guess that's human nature. Do you compare notes in your head of he did this and I did this? Or just Very excited, obviously, to have the opportunity that I've had and will continue to have. Um, this season, uh, for me, you guys have to realize, like, 2017 draft pick, this is going into my fourth year. Um, you know, I've been on the road before. You know, I've thought about things like, you know, free agency. I've been a part of free agency and things like that. So the opportunity of being a starter for the best franchise in the NFL is amazing. Um, looking into things like, you know, notes and, and stuff. I, I like to evaluate myself and what I think that's the most thing that you could do. It's the only way you can educate while still going through a process of evaluation, if that makes sense. And the only way you can do that and stay sane at night and get some sleep is if you focus on yourself. All right, let's uh, go to Joe Ryder. Joe, go ahead. Zach, how's it going? Joe, good to hear from you. How are you? Good. good. Hey, uh, what's it like going up against a uh, you know a friend of yours in Chooks, and uh, do you guys compare to each other? Yeah, you know, I, 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 like I said, watching film on myself and and just focusing on myself is probably the best priority I can. You know, as the, the biggest priority I could, I could focus on. You know, and and. And paying attention to my pass sets, paying attention to how, you know, I'm coming off the ball, both for the run and for the pass, um, hand usage, being physical, just things like that, man. Just like staying within, you know, the parameters of my own mental. All right, Dale Lolly. Dale, go ahead. Hey, Zach, I'm just wondering, uh, in terms of, of the mentality of this whole situation, and we just talked to Mike. Uh, Tomlin uh, a little bit ago, and, and he said, even on Monday when the when the depth chart comes out, this could be an an either or type situation. Uh, at some point, there's going to be a winner, there's going to be a loser, and somebody's <laughs> going to be happy and somebody's going to be disappointed. But somebody's going to have to get over that disappointment quickly because you guys are both going to be used, even though somebody isn't. You know, one of the two is not going to be the starter. Is that uh, how do you how do you deal with that? Kind of answered your own question. <laughs> I don't want to be a smart a smart butt, but you know what I mean. I kind of did. It's uh, it's one of those situations where we're not talking about being a, like. You guys need to understand like where my mindset is. Like I'm extremely grateful that I'm not a bubble roster guy anymore. Like I'm gonna be on the 53. I'm not gonna be in a hotel waiting for my phone to ring. I'm not saying that's what I'm settling at. I want to be great. I want to play. I want to, I do want to be a starter. I'm extremely competitive. I can't make that decision. I can only go out and put it on film. Great question. 
great answer too by you and I. Uh, let's move on to Brooke Pryor. Brooke, go ahead. Hey, Zach. Um, Hi, Brooke. <laughs> How are you? Good. <laughs> I, uh, I've got a question about Juju because I got an email the other day that you guys did a commercial together and you've obviously been around him now a couple seasons. I just wanted to know from your perspective, have you noticed a change in his demeanor? I mean, he's a guy who always has fun, but does he seem like he's maybe having more fun this year just through practice, training camp, everything after the challenges of last season? Yeah. Yeah, I, I really do. Like, and me and Ju have known each other, what, now seven going on eight years, you know, since SC. It's my guy. But I will say that I've seen growth and development in terms of, I don't know how old he is now, like 22, 23. But, like, I, I met him when he was a 16, 17-year-old coming to USC. You know what I mean? Like, he's always been an early guy, you know, just, just a young cat. He's always been that. You guys know it's always lit with him and things like that. It's always fun. When he puts his helmet on, he wants to win. He wants to play really, really, really well. And he himself, same draft class as I am, he has standards for himself. And he has dreams. And he has goals, just like myself. I think, you know, it might be a Trojan thing. I don't know. But I also think it's just a competitive thing. And... We're both competitive, and we will both want to be successful on and off the field. All right, we'll go to Teresa Varley. Teresa, go ahead. Hey, Zach. Hi, hey, Teresa. How are you? You said you went from being a being a roster to on the fifty-three. What is it you have done in the off season, just dedicating yourself to be at that point now? Great question. Um, I can go out and eat a burger tomorrow and I'm gonna be 335 or less. I'm in the best shape of my life. This shirt, you see how loose this shirt is? And you see how faded that is? That can't lie, That's a, this is an old shirt. This is about two, three-year-old shirt. I washed it, I promise, Miss Teresa, you know what I mean? But I'm most proud about my, my physique, like my shape, and I wanna continue. I would like to. By the end of, and I'm, I'll make this declaration, I would like to set the goal of being, you know, towards the end of the season, going into the off season, playing between 325 and 330. And how that works is not starving yourself, not changing anything I do, just kind of keeping the same workload. And I think, you know, my body's going to naturally do that. I promise I'm not putting myself in a lot. I'm not starving, anything like that. I'm just doing it the smart way. But the I'm just continue even even as the reps get you know shorter and it's not as camp and it's not as you know even during the season when we lessen the load I should say I think I'll be able to do that even better between 325 330 maybe 320 325. Let's move on to Didi Kinkabala. Didi, go ahead. Hey Zach. Hi Didi, how are you? Uh, I'm hanging. So yep. this summer you were very open in putting yourself out there to talk about society at large and your very personal feelings about what mattered to you in regards to the environment we all live in. Now we're about to start a season where the NFL is saying that it is fully willing to back players making statements. The Seahawks have already talked about what they're putting on their helmets. How do you balance any fear that in a city like Pittsburgh, there will be some sort of backlash? How do you balance the import of making a statement of some kind 
versus, you know, sort of just doing the job that a lot of people want to watch you do. And then the last part of that is, do you have any plans to put any sort of signage on your helmet or shoes? In terms of, so that way I don't forget the end part. In terms of the shoes, helmet, or anything plans like that, not really, not yet. Um, there's a lot of, there's a lot of great things that I'm proud of, both personally, league-wide, nationwide, across sports. This whole entire offseason, even carried through the month of August. Um, when I take the social media apps off my phone, I didn't realize how much sometimes the you know, news, how, how, how much news I really get from that and updates I get from those things, from those sources. But it was also good to focus on football this whole month. It really was, but it's not, it's not done. It's not at all. I mean, uh, um, I have a great, you know, shout out to her. I have a great manager and slash vice president for my nonprofit, Sarah Bergstrom. Um, I just put a green light on fitting, you know, my, uh, in my neighborhood in East Tacoma, Sheridan Elementary, you guys are the first to know about this, Sheridan Elementary and um, First Creek Middle School. And there's a, another bunch of lists from not only Tacoma, but uh, also within uh, Los Angeles and Guam that I'm also fitting up for. But I'm, I'm giving the whole school backpacks full, full of school supplies and COVID-19 kits with masks and hand sanitizer and things like that. To be able to do work like that, to be able to give her the green light, to be able to pay her throughout the year to help me do things like this when the season takes course, that allows me to be both a dominant football player, which I want to be. I want to be a dominant offensive lineman. I got to do it. I got to put it on film. But I have the goal of being a dominant offensive lineman for the Pittsburgh Steelers, not only this year, but throughout the future. For me to be able to do that, I got to be able to put my helmet on and say it's time for football. When I walk off the field, I'm not saying, do you get what I'm saying? I kind of want to make this a little dialogue. I'm not saying like, you know, there's going to be a little statement that we can put on our cleats and our helmet, but I really want real action. You noticed that a lot of you guys did have to adapt. Was it easy? Was it difficult? Kind of how was this whole training camp process for you guys? Yeah, training camp, really good question, Jenna. Training camp from a, from a Steeler perspective is weird just because we're not in Latrobe. We're not able to see you guys. We're not able to see the fans. From a COVID-19 2020 perspective, even being in the stadium, it's different. I have new things. It's the only time where I don't have a mask on. You know what I mean? And, and with that, you have to be able to work around that. Now, I also will compliment this. Um, and this is probably goes to us being a solid veteran group and having a lot of veterans. I feel like we've handled it really, really well. I don't think we've this is I mean it's competitive just as competitive as anything else maybe you know the skill players aren't able to celebrate and throw balls into the stands and stuff and things like that like we do in Latrobe and, and fortunately we're not able to sign autographs and do that and do all the fun stuff outside of that I think in terms of the competition level the execution on both sides offense and defense and special teams as well I think we are having really, really good practices. And I would feel like I would hear some things around the building if we didn't. And I feel like that's a unanimous um, belief around the building.
All right, we got time for two more, a couple follow-ups. Uh, let's go back to Mark Caboli. Mark, go ahead. Hey, Zach, you go against TJ a lot in practice. My question is, does he make you better or does he frustrate the hell out of you? Absolutely, both. <laughs> because I am a competitor. Uh, TJ is part of that draft class, too. We're the same age. We've been going against each other uh, since the Holiday Bowl, you know, when he was with Wisconsin. I joke with him. He had no sacks that game. It's competitive, you know what I mean? And, and regardless of uh, regardless of who wins that rep, the next both of us are coming at each other. The only way we can fit, like get better as football players, both offense and defense, both TJ and Zach, is to be able to give us, give you know, to give it, give it our all every single rep. Every single time we go against each other. So, yes, Kaboli to both. All right, we'll go to Brooke Pryor. Brooke, go ahead. Zach, you mentioned deleting all the social media apps and stuff off your phone. Is that something that you're going to re-download when the regular season starts? And if so, how do you work on, you know, having – being involved in social media as much as you want to be while also still focusing? As a broadcast journalism major at SC, I don't think the like I don't think I've ever not had social media for this long. And, I, and the reason why I say that about the the because as you guys know, it's it's not only just like social media, but it's like it's it's a way of you know whether you're studying certain things in school all the way until now. I use it as a, a way of getting out news and updates and to you guys and things that my foundation is doing and to also interact with fans. To be able to just take those apps off my phone. Um, one, my screen time usage is insanely different. I didn't even know like that was a thing until Al Villanueva showed me. But also, it, it allowed me to grow a sense. I've, I've read three to four books. I'm, I'm actually, to answer your question too earlier about it, I'm, I'm, I'm going to read down social media tomorrow. But, but to go back to what I was saying, the books and stuff, like so much about positive thinking and about, you know, how to manage time in, in towards a mission and overall goal and also figuring myself out as a man, a person, um, a football player, a new the quote unquote role of an activist and public speaker, like all these type of things, you know, just kind of making myself better. I'm able to educate myself. I'm able to read. I'm able to take the same time that I'm using scrolling, looking at your guys' opinions every day um, to be able to better myself as I'm also, you know, you watch film. Once we're done with film, once I'm done working out, once we're done with practice, so much time in a day, especially with a modified camp like this, with the new CBA and also with COVID-19. So to sum it all up, it's one of those situations where I feel amazing, like about how I've learned how much that phone sometimes can distract my growth, if that makes sense away from the football field and on the football field. I don't think it ever took away from the football field, but I, I, I will say this. It took time that I could be using both for my body and for my mind. All right. Thanks, everybody. We appreciate your time. And uh, we'll be in touch this weekend as we start up next week. Bye, guys. Zach Banner, always a big smile on his face, always uh, got the time to discuss anything football-related, anything going on in the world. Love that dude. Absolutely. 
and the guy's, the guy's so vocal. He's and he's good about talking. You know, he doesn't just right. say things. There's guys just that talk just in talk. circles. Yeah. Right. But no, he's very pointed with his discussions. You learn stuff when you when you're hearing from him. Um, and he's honest. Like he'll give you what he's struggling with, what he's fighting with, yes. what he's what he's doing well with. And he talked about how you know he's like, yes, TJ Watt frustrates the hell out of me. <laughs> uh, but at the same time, he's also able to throw in those jokes and make things more fun to talk about. So I mean, gotta gotta love Zach Banner. He's doing a lot of a lot of stuff. And also, I mean, he did that flash dance video. He which did. Was, that which was, was fantastic. I couldn't believe that I he mean, actually good pulled that foot, off. Good footwork for a big man, well, I but, tell but you. First of all, you got to have great footwork to be a big man in the NFL. Like, no doubt. Most big men in the NFL probably can do do some dancing. Like That's oh, what a yeah. lot of people don't really yeah. like. Like when, you, when y'all saw. They can shuffle. The, yeah, yeah, yeah. They can shuffle. <laughs> but, but even beyond that, like. Uh, um, you think you think about Hitch, and you think about you think about Kevin James, and you think about you know this is your wheelhouse, Mark right Brennan. Yeah, Mark Brennan. That's the only move you need, right? But, but but here's the thing: is like, whereas with his character in Hitch, like he was wild with his dance moves, and he needed to chill. He couldn't move though, like when he was dropping down and getting back up and moving around. I'm like yeah. that's actually very good footwork for a big dude. So uh, just like with Zach Banner, <laughs> just like with Zach Banner. <laughs> and you know, uh, one more thing about him, Chris. Yeah, that you'll really like about him. Mm-hmm. WVU hoops guy Zach Banner. Oh really? Oh, mm. we have a uh, we have a, uh, a junior forward Emmett Matthews okay. who went to the same high school as Zach Banner. Oh, so that's why. So uh, last year we were doing shows SNR shows at the Pittsburgh Audio Auto Show at the Convention Center, and it was like a Saturday, and I think WVU played Baylor, or Oklahoma, or something. You know, later on in the afternoon, so I had on like a WVU jacket or T-shirt or something, and and Zach was like, "You a WVU guy?" And I was like, "Yeah, you know, I graduated from there in 2013." And he goes, you know Emmett Matthews? And I mean, uh, or I said, you know, you mean like know him, know him? Or like, yeah, I know who you're talking about. I don't know Emmett Matthews, but I know Emmett Matthews. Uh, and he's like, yeah, he's from the same area as me, Tacoma, Washington. You know, went to the same high school. So he's like, so I pull for, I've been pulling for WVU hoops. So you know Zach Banner's my guy. Woo! You happy now? Woo! You happy now? Woo! <laughs> it is college colors day today, <laughs> Mr. Carter. <laughs> You know, maybe I should be in a bad mood. We're, we're in a good mood. We're having fun today. How can you not? Holiday weekend. Football's back next week. Mm-hmm. I should be jumping on a plane today to go to Atlanta. It's sad. WVU Florida State should have been tomorrow. Yep, it's sad. In the Mercedes Superdome down there. It's not. No, that's Mercedes Superdome is New Orleans, isn't it? No, that's the. Uh, no, you hit Mercedes. It's is Mercedes. A, it's the Mercedes like bowl or Mercedes dome, but it's it, yeah. The Superdome itself is New Orleans. Correct. Correct. But the Mercedes Benz, whatever they call that, that is Atlanta, Georgia. Yeah, and uh, tomorrow WVU is supposed to play Florida State there in one of those you know neutral site kickoff games or whatever. Yeah, sad. I should have been flying to Georgia tonight. But that's all right, Chris. You know what? I'm going to look at a glass half full. If you would have asked me two months ago, is college football season going to happen? I would have probably said no. But now, here we are, uh, what, eight days away? I, I mean, I, I had different odds on it. You know, I had, you know, I was, I, when I was thinking about it, I mean, it, it is amazing because now it's like the odds are one to one when it about yeah. college football starting. Yeah. But uh, back in like around March, I'd say the odds were somewhere around 13 to nine. Get out of here! Didn't even see it coming. You should see his face right now. Just set him up. You want to talk about Emmett? Whoever. I don't care about your your WVU hopes. I'm here to drop 13-9 jokes on the West Virginia guy. Ah! Oh, what you doing? Uh, <laughs> I just 
I love how it just comes out of nowhere. Like you, you thought you you really wanted to bring West Virginia up with me. You really don't think I do this? The only solace I have in life is that it's been 13 years since 13 to nine, and it's still all the dog that dog, the football team that occupies the Oakland district. <laughs> of Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. It's still all they want to talk about. That game from 13 years oh, ago. Oh yes, yes. It, it's and, and even though the Pitt has had several big wins since then, including you know beating the being the only team to beat the Clemson? 2016 yeah. uh, national champion Clemson, Clemson Tigers. Clemson uh, in Clemson, by the way, that was a mm-hmm. huge win for the program. Mm-hmm. Um, but you guys so, had a big win against Miami. Was it that same year? Or the next year? No, it was. Uh, I think it was the same year because that was Pickett's first game. Okay. Uh, his first game is starter. I'll correct myself because he came in the middle of I think the game before. But uh, they they you know Pitt upset Miami, Chris stopping their run to the ACC title game. They would have been undefeated. Uh, and then after that, Miami sort of fell apart. That was when they were starting the turnover chain. I did I did like that though. I thought that was a pretty cool yeah feature. It was. Uh, they and also they kind of started that whole. You know now everybody has like a turnover. Uh, you know Pitt. Yeah, I everyone, think they have the, the basketball hoop, hoop, right? The hoop, which is cool. You could dunk on people. Like, yeah. I get, WVU defense. But, they've got this this coal miner yeah, axe thing that the, they the, use. The chain yeah. was tight, man. Yeah, and that like, was the. F- it's all when you're the first to kind of come up with an idea, right? That's always the best, right? And it, then but, everybody just kind of steals your style going forward. Uh, terrible town. Although the yes, ter- terrible town, great techni- example. Technically, wasn't the first, but it was the first to be iconic with it because yes. other teams had turnover celebrations, but. The gold chain, and especially the run that Miami was on that year, and the turn, and and, and, the, and the posing, and the, and the hype they built around mm-hmm. it—that's what made everyone want to do it even more. Yes, um, I so, agree. Yeah, they're always trend setting down there at the U. You know, they are. I, I, and I've, <laughs> I've, I've, I've always found that in, in, uh, exciting. They're supposed to have a really good turnover defense, turnover creating defense hmm. this year. So maybe we're going to see some more of that this maybe year. We'll see the chain plenty of times this year. Yes, sir. Dusty Blades chimes in here. Zach. Banner interview was spectacular. That dude would be a better candidate for president of the United States than either of the two currently. I'm, I like my job. I'm I not agree. Gonna say yeah, I like my job too, but I can say I agree. Fight me, sue me. Zach Banner, 2020. No, you know what? We need him on the Zach Banner, 2024. How about that? All right. <laughs> But if he becomes the starter and then he's the starter for the next five years, let's say 2028, just to okay. be sure. That, 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 that's a safer amount of time for I him to it. get out the NFL and then retire it. and then run for office. <laughs> Chris Carter, he might run for office one day. Maybe. One day. I mean, he's got a law degree. That's like half the battle, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, I actually, I actually won office uh, once. I was the I was a Democratic committee person. I was going to say high school in, student in council Chase. doesn't count. No, it doesn't. <laughs> I, I was student government president in college. Uh what, Cheney? Yeah, Cheney. Okay. Yeah, I, yeah, Cheney. I was there. I was, was going to say Pitt, but I guess that wouldn't have made sense. You were there getting your law degree. You no, yeah, but I was, you didn't have time to do undergrad things when you're getting no, your law degree. No, 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 no. But I did do. I was the vice president of the Black Law Student Association there, and then uh, yeah, moving to Pittsburgh, I was I was part of the Shady Side Democratic Committee, just helping organize and get people on point. But had one to move of, out of Shady Side because now I'm back in Homewood. One of these one of these days, you fill in. We might just one day have to compare Chris Carter and my resumes because. I'm sure there's some. I'm sure there's some differences. There's overlap. There's some overlap. I'm sure there's some differences in those resumes. I mean, this guy over here, student council, this and law, <laughs> that, and I was just trying to not lose track of how many beers I was drinking. I mean, jeez, <laughs> Louise, Chris Carter. We got a, two more segments with this guy uh, before we uh, get into the weekend here on SNR. A reminder: our coverage is brought to you by PNC Bank. PNC Bank is the official bank of the Pittsburgh Steelers. Uh, on the other side here, I want to get some predictions from Chris Carter. All right, now I'll give some too. Yeah. We'll run through the eight divisions. Who wins them? Who's our playoff teams? Okay. 
and maybe even we'll get to Super Bowl representatives and Super Bowl champions. Don't tease me like that. It's just Ooh. say we're going to get to him. Okay, we're going to get to that before we get out of here. He is Chris Carter. I'm Wesley Euler. A half an hour-ish to go on our training camp coverage right here on your 24-7. Home of the black and gold. Steelers Nation Radio. Hit it This is the Steelers Blitz with Wesley Euler and Arthur Motes on your 24-7 home of the black and gold, SNR. Wesley Euler, Chris Carter with you here on Steelers Blitz on SNR. Two more segments to go before we get out of here for the long weekend. Let's get into some predictions, Mr. Carter. Let's jump right into it. This should be fun. Uh, let's just go alphabetically here. We will roll through them. AFC East, who wins the division? I still got the Bills. They still got Josh Allen. Uh, they start. They still have Tremaine Edmonds. They got they got talent on defense, talent on offense. They got Stephon Diggs, so I think that'll give a burner for Josh Allen. Mm-hmm. I think Josh Allen's problem is he doesn't have the accuracy all the time, but if he has a guy that he can just let loose with his cannon because he does have a huge arm, that'll help him out a lot. Uh, and I think the running game will be a little bit better this year. I concur. The Bills, I, I don't know if there's any dynamite team in that division, but as it stands right now, I do think the Bills uh, a little, little bit better than their other three counterparts. AFC West, Carter, uh, I think we're both going with the same team here as well. Yes, got to be the Chiefs, re- reigning Super Bowl champions, no questions. I think so, I concur. AFC North. I mean, I'm on Steel Nation Radio. Think I'm going to say uh, anyone else? Well, hey, I mean, you could say Ravens win the division. You get out of here! No, the playoffs. no, we're we're saying, um, uh, we're 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 saying the Steelers here. Well, you know, I, I think let's go. Uh, yeah, the with the with the with the Steelers, the way they're playing on defense. I actually saw on ESPN uh, not too long before I set off to come in here today um, on Greenies on uh, Mike Greenies show. Uh, he you know he was talking and they were talking about the AFC North predictions and he had three other guys on with him and Mike Greeny picked the the Steelers but then all three of the guys picked the Ravens and then they were like laughing at him they said oh what are you being romanticized by all the, <laughs> the terrible towels what are you doing there they don't, they don't they don't even have the best defensive line in the in the AFC North and I'm like are you out of oh, your gosh. mind like get out of here you jabronis. Jabrones. Um, just like like get out of here. So I am picking the Steelers. I'm tired of the bashing. Look and look, if you want to say like, hey, it, it's a 50-50 deal, I, I can see that. But when people are just slamming the Steelers that they don't stand a chance, get out of here. I'm with you. I'm actually with you. I thought you were gonna go the Ravens and I was gonna be the guy, but no, I'm going Steelers as well too. I think it'll be close. I think it'll be down to the wire week 16, week 17. I think the Steelers and the Ravens will both clearly be in playoff positions. I like the Steelers to come out on top, though. AFC South, Mr. Carter. <sighs> I think I know where you're going, and it's not where I'm going, and I hope I'm right because we can't have all four of the same division winner predictions in the AFC. I'm going with the Titans. Okay, we're we're opposite. I thought that we might – because I thought about the Colts. I'm just not a believer in Phillip Rivers. I'm just not. I never have been. I don't think I ever will be. Like, he, he great stat guy. You know, he puts up numbers. He I, thought could, you, I thought you were going to go Texans because I know you're a big Deshaun Watson I guy. I am a big Deshaun Watson guy, but I just I think that Bill O'Brien's just – without DeAndre Hopkins, I think they're handcuffed a little bit more than they need to be. But I, I so think the Titans – Titans. The Titans are going are gonna to continue their ascension under Mike Vrabel. 
Um, Derrick Henry's going to have a strong year. Their defense has got a lot of talent on it. I think that that's, that's the team that pulls out. But I think that that's going to be the them in the AFC East are going to be battling out for the third and fourth spots uh, in the uh, in the AFC playoff bracket. I think the number the one and the two is going to be a battle between the AFC North and the AFC West. I'm going with the Colts. I'm not a huge Phillip Rivers believer, like you said, but I think he'll be better than what they had last year. I love the offensive line. I think they've got more weapons now on the offense. I really believe in Frank Reich. I think they've got a solid defense in a division that's kind of in its own way wide open. I think the Colts are going to win the division this year. I do. All right, Mr. Carter, who are your three AFC wildcard teams? AFC wildcard teams. I think one's going to be the Ravens, right? Run has to be the Ravens. Um, and remember, there's three this year. There are three for the first time. I've got Ravens, Texans, and Bill Belichick. I'm not even putting the Patriots. I'm just putting Bill Belichick. I'll put the Patriots there just because I do think that they'll be competitive enough. Um, I got the Broncos. Ooh, I like it. Yeah, I like I like what they're doing. I, I think Drew Locke might gonna, is going to surprise some people this year. They're going to have a bit of more of a ground game. They still got a defense. Um, I think they're going to make a push, and they're going to they're going to be able to make the make that seventh spot. I like it. So we both have Bills, Chiefs, Steelers. Chris mm-hmm. has Titans. I have Colts. Chris's three wild card teams: Ravens, Patriots, Broncos. My three wild card teams: Ravens, Texans. Bill Belichick. (laughs) Into the NFC we go. Mr. Carter, NFC East. Who you got? NFC East, I got the Cowboys. I think that they're I think that they're a tough team that they've been waiting to break out. I think the new leadership's gonna really help them this year. Dak Prescott, Ezekiel Elliott, and they got Amari Cooper, they got Michael Gallup, and they got CeeDee Lamb. Way too many weapons to count, man. They're gonna be yeah. tough. They're gonna be tough to beat. I think so too. You know, if we would have had this conversation a month ago, two months ago, I think I would have leaned towards the Eagles. But already They're, they're my clear number two. All yes, yes. Already though, man, injuries piling up for them. Brandon Brooks t- tears his Achilles. You've yep. got uh, Andre Dillard, who was the supposed starting left tackle, has been put on IR. Uh, there's some injury concern stuff with Alshon Jeffrey and Deshaun Jackson already. So, yeah, uh, for those concerns, I go Cowboys as well. I think they're two very talented rosters. Cowboys, just less question marks for me as it stands right now. NFC West, interesting one. Um, It is an interesting one because you got the Niners, who are the reigning champs. Uh, the Seahawks still got Russell Wilson. Um, you know, and then you got the Cardinals, who are the young up and comers, the Rams, who are trying to, you know, say that they're still relevant. I'm going to stay with the Niners. I think they're going to be good enough to hold on. Um, but I think there's going to be a push this year. I think they're going to they're going to be closer to the ten and six level than having a huge record because I think the NFC West is going to they're going to split a lot of those 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 uh, division battles. Yeah, yeah. I, I'm with you. I don't think they'll win 13 games again, but I still think the Niners win the division. You know what? 11 wins might be enough to do it. Not because it's not a great division. 10 wins might be enough to do it, but just because there's not going to be a ton separating these teams. Yeah. Um, I think. The the worst team in the division could end up being the Rams or the Cardinals, and they could go eight and eight, nine and seven. Uh, I think the Niners take a little step back just from a again a pure wins a thirteen and three last year standpoint, but I do believe with you, Chris, they still win the division. NFC North. I'm still going Packers because you got Aaron Rodgers, Dang, and we are agreeing way too much here. We, we, we think when you got good football <laughs> philosophy, you got good football ain't that the philosophy. Truth. Ain't that the truth? Um, but Aaron Rodgers still a bad man. They got Devontae Adams. They got Aaron Jones. Uh, the, the 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 defense with Jair Alexander. I think they still got they got they got talent enough back there to, to stick around. They're gonna have a hard time stopping the run this year, um, like last year. But um, the NFC North, I think, is gonna be a uh, 
it's going to have a lot of struggles this year. Yeah. So I think that uh, that's that Aaron Rodgers will be able to take advantage of that, get in the playoffs with a nine and seven, ten and six type of record. I concur. I don't think the Packers are going to win thirteen games again. I don't think they're going to go back to the NFC Championship game, but I still believe they are the class of that very mediocre division. <laughs> Last but not least, NFC South. Is it New Orleans division still in your mind, Mr. Carter? Oh, it's it's New Orleans, absolutely. They are a they they're still they're the team again. They're they've been on the cusp for, for so long. Yes. Like they they got to get be able to get it done. If they don't, it's going to be so sad. Um Well, and, I don't know about so sad because I'm not a big Sean Payton fan. I'm not, I'm not I'm not saying I'm not saying like <laughs> sad for me or you. I'm saying for them it's yeah, gonna, it's just yeah. going to be like that's that's like how like how how did <laughs> yeah. you not even get to a Super yeah. Bowl with that with that nucleus you got? Marshawn Lattimore, Cameron Jordan, their defense is just stacked and then you got Drew Brees still with Michael Thomas and Alvin Kamara. And just weapons on weapons on weapons. Yeah. Uh, the Saints they got they got to win the, the NFC South this year. I don't think the Buccaneers are nearly as loud as we think they will be. I agree, but I still do have the Buccaneers. I have the Saints winning the division. I do have the Bucks as one of my playoff teams, along with or one of my wild card teams. Pardon me, uh, Bucks, Eagles, and then I give Seattle the slight edge over the Vikings, Chris, just because I believe in Russell Wilson that much. You add Jamal Adams, him and Bobby Wagner should be enough on defense. Um, so we've got the same Cowboys, Niners, Packers, Saints winning the division. I go uh, Philly, Tampa Bay, and Seattle to get the three wild cards in the NFC. Who you got? Wild card in the NFC. I got, I got, I got the Eagles. Mm-hmm. I got the Seahawks. Mm-hmm. Who was your third? The Bucks. Mm. You still got the Vikings. You could take the Bears. You could take the Rams or the Cardinals. You could take the Falcons. I keep bouncing around here. I don't think you want to take the Giants or the Washington football team. No, <laughs> not at all. Um, uh, I don't want to copy you. I guess I'll say the Buccaneers because Tom Brady's there. Hey, yeah. there he is. Yeah. Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Yeah. All right, we're going to take our last break on the other side. We'll tell you who's going to win the Super Bowl, and then we'll get out of here. How about that? Chris Carter, Wesley Euler, it's Steelers Blitz on SNR. This is the Steelers Blitz with Wesley Euler and Arthur Motes on your 24-7 home of the black and gold, SNR. Our final segment of training camp coverage here on Steelers Nation Radio. Chris Carter, Wesley Euler, rocking with you, sending you in to the long weekend. We gave our division and our wild card predictions. It's now time, Mr. Carter, to go to the next bed, the next level, I should say, as he's over here rapping the words to return of the Mac. All right, I got to kill the music. You lie here, this, guy, this guy's just never going to focus. Hey, no focus on me here. Uh... AFC Championship game, Chris. I have got the Chiefs beating our Pittsburgh Steelers in the AFC Championship Dang game. It. You're you copycat. You looked at my list that I over here and just just wrote what I had. I have got the Saints over the Bucks in the NFC Championship game. Ugh. I've got the Chiefs over the Saints in Super Bowl 55? 55? I think 55, yeah. 55. I got I got the Chiefs Beating the Steelers oh! in the AFC Championship game, unfortunately. I hate it when we agree. I have the Cowboys Ooh. beating the Saints in Ooh. the NFC Championship game. And then? 
And then I got the Chiefs repeating as Super Bowl champions Chiefs over the Dallas Cowboys. over the boys. I've got the Chiefs over the Saints. Oh, no. What have we done? Well, I think everybody will be happy. At least we didn't have the, that purple team, you know. Right, yeah. No ball, in the no AFC Baltimore Championship there. game or in the Super Bowl. I, I actually think it's going to be a really cool situation where the Steelers are going to show down with the Ravens in the playoffs, and it's going to be at Heinz Field. Oh, that'd be awesome. And Sign me up. It's going to be... A classic. Sign me up, Mr. Carter. Uh, all right, so that's going to do it for our predictions. Buddy, that's going to do it for us uh, this week. I'm going to hang this. I just took the post-it note off with our predictions. All right, I'm going to hang it on the wall right here. Yeah, there you go. Right behind us here. Oh, what? Uh, it's a sticky. Okay, because uh, he was literally putting up a piece of paper against the wall, and I was like, why does he think he's going to stay it's there? it's a sticky. All right, come on. Listen, note. I know you like to look down on my WVU education, all right, but um, I'm not that full. Okay, I was just, I just didn't know. I was like, does he have a tackle with it? There's a board over here with it that you could put a tackle on. Post-it notes, baby. Come on. Yeah, but post-it notes. Post-it it's, notes it was a bigger post-it note. Yeah, that's what that's th- that threw me off. It's like a reporter's post-it note, you know? Yes, Except for I'm not a reporter. I'm the I'm a, I'm a radio no, don't stop, 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 stop <laughs> downplaying yourself. Chris, it's been a fun week, man. Thanks for hanging out with me. I Same appreciate here, it. here, buddy. You're the man. Uh, Wesley Euler is the dude, y'all. If y'all don't already know, y'all know because y'all listen to the program, but y'all need to know, though, <laughs> that he is the dude. Remember, if uh, if you're not familiar with Chris's work, besides shame on you for six weeks, follow him on Twitter, Carter Critiques, read his work, DK Pittsburgh Sports, uh, listen to the Locked on Steelers podcast. You'll hear him from time to time here on SNR as well. Again, back to regular scheduled programming next week. So the Steelers Blitz back at noon and Arthur Motes will uh will be back from vacation. You know, nice tan, nice vacation feel and hopefully he'll be ready to talk some football. A tan Arthur Motes? Well, okay. Even... <laughs> okay. Yeah, sun-kissed Arthur Motes. There you that? go. There you go. He's going to be glowing a little bit more. Uh so we'll talk to you guys next week at noon. So I guess it's different time, but as always, same place on your 24-7 home of the black and gold, Steelers Nation Radio.